he was bit right in the... Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Well, hello everybody, welcome to episode 131 of the RC Roundtable. And joining me as usual is Lee the Ray. That's me. And Terry the Dunn. Mm, I guess that's me. Terry the Dun Dun Dun. <laughs> dun Dun Dun. And of course, I am Fitz the Walker. See, yours actually fits. <laughs> hey, you see what I did there? That wasn't even on purpose. Uh, you made a funny. Yeah. yeah or, or something no, like that. No, I, I made a groan. I made a groan. Uh, Reminds me, at school, I was uh, in middle uh, elementary school. I was a walker because I was too close to school to take a bus, so I walked. Ah, oh, All right. boy! <laughs> I have nothing uh, to do with all any of that. That was off script, uh, folks. <laughs> waka waka waka! All right. Uh, I guess um, first off, before we start the show, I was just made aware of our old buddy pal. Former guest Joe Vermillion is uh, has, Mean Joe. A, mean Joe has a had a wee bout. I understand <laughs> a wee bout. Yes, and sad. It was during Nats. So he's up uh, at the Nats, and do you know more about it, Terry, than I do? I just I knew it happened while he was there, and you know I'm I know a little bit, but you know HIPAA rules uh, prevent me from divulging too much detail. He has privacy, you know. He does. <laughs> You're supposed to. Okay. We're so, honored this time. Yeah. So maybe we can just bleep out the details. <laughs> yeah. So he said I could tell you guys, but let's just bleep out the details so we don't tell everybody. Okay. But I heard he was bit right in the by a and that caused his You guys got to help me. <laughs> <laughs> to be discombobulated? He was bit by a what? <laughs> no. Let's let's not. He's probably already in a lot of pain. So let's let's be generous. Let's give him a nice, hearty, hey, Joe, hope you feel better. Hope you're back on your feet soon. And by the way, another shout out to Joe is that I am the social media manager for the AMA. But Joe has been posting some wonderful photos out there. In fact, in the iFly AMA Facebook group, he was uh, putting some photos there that he had arrived, and I commented that I was like, darn it, I wish I could have stayed out another week just to hang out with Joe so we could have done photos together. That would have been a lot of fun. Yeah, and he actually placed well at the Nats. I don't remember the exact categories, but he won some awards. Yeah, I think so it was nice. a second and third place. Uh, I would have to check, but that sounds right. So way to go, Joe, and yeah, we hope you're feeling better. All right, let's get the show on the road. So, uh, okay, everybody, get comfortable. Grab some munchies, a little drink uh, of your choice. We may have to have like one of those intermission, you know, (laughs) interludes, you know, musical, (laughs) like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. (laughs) And they have this little, you know, go to the restroom, come back, push play again. (laughs) Yes, uh, we've had a very active past couple of weeks or so, so this show may run a little bit long. Yeah, we haven't recorded in three weeks. Has it been three weeks? Yeah. It's kind of long. I blame you guys. 
<laughs> so yeah, all three of us in some form or fashion have been out of town for, for some period of time, and so we're all kind of all just getting back. And uh, so we and we've been really busy when it comes to model related stuff. So uh, it may take us a little while to uh, go through our bucket list of stuff we've been uh, accomplished. So where do we start? Yes, Lee, you want to start? I, I guess you. Does it get? Do we care? Who well, starts? it's funny. Draw straws I, virtual. I, I was hoping to do the pun. You said let's get this show on the road, and I was like, all right. Being that I was on the road for <laughs> for twelve days. Uh, yeah, I was going to say whoever logged the most miles can go first. <laughs> air miles that's don't me. count. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay, that's me then. Oh gosh, I I didn't write down exactly everything I wanted to talk about, so I think I'll leave some pauses here for you guys to ask questions. Uh, since you know you guys might have some, you know, I mean, some stuff I may talk about may not interest the listeners. But let's just say I packed up. What my else is new? Robodum. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you have been following the show and our Facebook page, I had been mentioning for, for some time that I was heading up to. Muncie, Indiana, to visit the AMA headquarters, but to also let my my sons participate in Camp AMA this year. Mecca, Indiana. They should rename it. Mecca. <laughs> Mecca. Ooh, I like that name. It's, it's kind of near that place where they race cars, but <laughs> it's this place is more important. Yeah. It's it's if you build it, they will fly there. <laughs> Plus, it's a it's a leading supplier of corn, right? Yeah. You know what? We saw so many different crops there. I couldn't tell you. It it may be. I thought Iowa was corn, but who knows? I think that's kind of everywhere. We're talking crops now. Let's let's get back to what I was talking about, which was airplane related. The ride there was okay. I would say the first leg was fine. The second leg seemed to take forever, but we showed up in in Muncie on a Sunday. We get to the hotel where all these, uh, I say students, campers are, are hanging out, and we got to visit everybody. We only had 10 students, which was unfortunate, but I will say it worked out real well, being that we were a relatively new educational group and wanted to, you know, test some of the ideas that we had. And we had an excellent group of kids. I, I can't, uh, I can't stress that enough. Uh, you know, and I will shout out to my boys. They were very well behaved, very ge- generous in their efforts to help other people with projects. And as a father who you know tries to raise your kids right, you like to see that. So it was neat to see like Austin work with another uh, student and build a plane from pieces. That was neat. And it was also, you know, for me, Ryan is not as uh, interested, I guess, or talented in the hobby as Austin. And here's the little story I wanted to share is on Sunday when we showed up at the hotel, you know, Ryan came up to me and he looked kind of sad. And he said, Dad, all these other kids are, know so much more. I, you know, I don't know enough. I feel like I'm just a beginner and everybody else is advanced. I said, well, you know what? You have to get to know the kids and yada, yada. And like on Tuesday, I think it was, they were doing the uh, little drone races out at this soccer, indoor soccer, soccer stadium, I guess, or facility. And that kid won one of the contests with it. Oh, cool. You know, he took to FPV flying really well, and he just had a big smile on his face and shooting right to the end on the drive home. And I'm sad to say, guys, this is the <laughs> Terry and, and Fitz have not heard of this, but I started a recording in the car. We talked. I talked with the boys for about an hour about their event and how they felt. And Ryan had said, you know, 
Dad, I know I said I was scared at first, but I had so much fun and I really felt like I learned a lot. And that was great. And fortunately, that recording, <laughs> you hear me, but my car, I guess the little microphone for the driver just could not pick up the other two because we were driving and road noise, whatever. So mm-hmm. I'll have to like make a transcript of that. It's it's really good. But to hear, you know, to hear Ryan say that, I'm I'm glad he went too. I think he was skeptical, but it turned out great. So uh, AMA camp was for a week. I will probably let, let you guys ask me questions about things that happened. And uh, I had a good time. I'm glad I went too. I did some work in the office. I got to meet a lot of the staff. And I was also put to work. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd like to start first, just for somebody who's not really familiar with what Camp AMA is, can you give us the, the, the three-minute elevator pitch on what Camp AMA is? This class is for the older kids, 13 to 17. It's a week-long class. You stay in a hotel. You come in in the morning. They have a variety of different uh, disciplines they, they work on or projects they build. And then the rest of the day is spent flying. At uh, In this case, it was Site 3. And uh, it was interesting. I think the first day we went flying, we had this rain come in and all the water from the runway came, came right into our tent. Oh, <laughs> but it was okay. We were able to move everything and, you know, it passed and we dried off and we went back to flying. So it's just a week long there, a week long class to give kids a chance to experiment with, with different fields of flying. So there was a lot of building and we did free flight. We had two instructors there that came in and, and gave us uh, lessons with large-scale planes. So we had AJ and Santiago came in, and Santiago was flying a, a you know, large gasser, like a 120-size gasser. I think it was from Pilot. And the kids got to fly it. So did Dad. I got to get my nice. hands on it. Mm-hmm. And AJ was a helicopter pilot, and he did fly a bit. I'm not sure if other kids took advantage of it. I mean, he put on a great show, uh, but I think most of the kids were interested in the gasser. So... Um, yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of interaction, and I guess I can leave it at that. We had a pool party on, on Friday. <laughs> so I looked at a lot of your pictures throughout the week that you were posting on the accounts, and the thing that caught my attention the most was some sort of kit bashing session with multiplex sharks. So that was a project they had done before in previous years, and the way it worked out is they asked you to pair up and in this case, I think we had maybe two groups of three uh, just because of kit number of kits. And anyway, so we had groups and they said, look, you know, here's the basic, you know, put two kits together. But we want you to come up with something different. Mm-hmm. And Ryan was in one of the groups of three and the, the one of the brightest kids we had there named Josh. He was from Colorado. He was the one who came up with this idea of like spreading the, the wing and the tails in various locations. <laughs> uh, it was still a single engine uh, aircraft. But uh, they worked on that. It, it it was very odd looking. And in fact, if you were following our Instagram page, the AMA Instagram page, I had fun with the the images there by creating a poll <laughs> the, for some of the flights that said, will it fly? And I wanted to see what people <laughs> thought, if it would fly or not. And the good news is that one, it flew great. I mean, it was a really nice looking airplane uh, as far as its, its flying abilities. Uh, Austin and his partner built something with a canard and uh, glue sticks and uh, all kinds of different <laughs> things on it. Wish and that was, well, 
<laughs> Bailing wire, the, duct the tape. Be- the best thing I can tell you about that airplane is that if you put it in a flat spin, it'll stay in a flat spin and land, you know, pancake land, and usually not worse for the wear. <laughs> it'll you just <laughs> toss it back up in the area. But for some reason, that sucker just kept getting into a flat spin. Uh, I will tell you, like the next day, they made a lot more changes, and they were able to get it to fly for probably 30 to 45 seconds. So they'll call that a success, but I wouldn't want to ride it. <laughs> <laughs> that's not our that's not a rutan aircraft you'd like to <laughs> a pilot in but that uh, looked like a lot of fun like the kind yeah. of thing that i would enjoy doing yeah and uh kind of on the same thing they had a couple of extra sharks so on the i mentioned earlier about ryan doing the drone races there were two contests and one was an actual obstacle course and that was with your partner and you'd play against each other and then the other one was a red versus blue where they i had not seen these before but they have these colored tripods little uh with a infrared i'm not sure what the sensors were but uh, they they changed either red or blue depending on if you put your hand over it so the task was to you you flew your quadcopter over it it would change its color you'd go to the next one and change its color whoever could get their yeah. color to stay one and Man, Austin nailed that. Really? <laughs> he, and, he and his partner, they were way on top of that. So I don't, I think I may have a clip on the Instagram feed for that. But so anyway, Austin, and his partner won that one. Ryan and his partner won the obstacle course. And every one of those kids won a free shark. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And Ryan was ecstatic about it. So yeah, the shark is a neat airplane. It, it's like, uh, well, it's a little smaller than the Easy Star. Now I'm going to be my opinion is it is a nice little airplane i'd still think i'd stick with the easy star i think that is a much better plane in fact if i can if you don't mind if i jump to something else that we did uh when i talked to kyle jarris who's the educator education uh, leader for ama he and i were chatting about other things we could do and i mentioned you know flying gliders and he was like, I don't think we've ever done a high start before for the school. So would you like to do that? And of course I said, sure, sure. So I threw my easy glider and my easy star in the car along with my high start. And this easy star that I have belonged to a friend, but the motor burned out. So I had changed it just to a hand glider to train Ryan, just to get an idea to throw and, and fly straight. Mm-hmm. But I added a tow hook on it. So when we got there, I set up the high start and I asked the kids if they wanted to try it. And one of our kids, Dugan, a very talented pilot, he had not done it before. I put him on the high start with the, get this, Terry. I put him on the high start with the easy star, the easy glider, the easy star. He had an 11 minute flight. Oh my gosh. (laughs) With an easy star. We're talking just elevator rudder. Right. And what did you, what kind of battery was in it? Just a little four cell. 700 milliamp battery. Okay. NICAD. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just it's enough to power the servos. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. But it was awesome. I mean, I was so proud of him. You know, I think it was yeah. his second flight, but that was great. I mean, <laughs> I, I think I had a five minute flight, so he, he, he got me. <laughs> I played second. But I, for me, we're talking about, uh, you know, being proud of Ryan and, and seeing him appreciate it and, you know, thanking me for going. I loved being able to let, I think, eight of the kids come try high start flying and Mm -hmm. every one of them had a good time doing it they had never done it before and several kids did it you know more than once and that was neat and even kyle got his hand on it you know to to fly it so Mm. a lot of fun a lot of fun doing that i'm glad i brought my uh my high start out there 
Yeah, that's cool. So, uh, what other interesting things were built? Because I saw something, the beta, like a 500% scale AMA beta. Caleb, that was his okay. name. <laughs> Try, and please forgive me, I'm trying to remember everybody's name. Uh, but Caleb, uh, back up a little bit. One of the tasks that the students had was to build an AMA beta. And Terry, you know, why don't you do a quick story about the beta before we, I continue with that? What, what, tell them about, about what the beta is. It's really? just, it's the AMA's, their flagship for the educational effort. And it's a, basically a foam free flight rubber band powered model airplane. It's much nicer than the Gillows stuff you would buy at the dime store, but it's uh, also not a competition class fragile thing. Yeah, it's polyhedral so, too. So yeah, it's got yeah. foam wings, balsa fuselage, and then a decent stretch of rubber and so we've talked about it before. I made a video about it. Yada, yada, yada. People get the idea. And it comes with a nice uh, 20 to 1 winder. Actually, I've been corrected on that. It's a 1 to 20. Winder. 1 to 20. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the kids built their betas and they went out to the parking lot area. It's actually, a, there's a large field next to the uh, museum's education room. So we took them out there and everybody was testing them. <laughs> I think, won't name names, but three of the kids got bored easily and decided, you know what I can do with this? <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I'm Terry. I'm not going to go the safe way. I'm going to change this around. So one guy was moving everything all over the place to, to fly something different. But of the kids who were left, the contest was who can you know stay up the longest. So mm. we had all the kids do the test flights. We got them together. Uh, we told them to, you know, 30 was probably the best wine with the heavy duty line. 30 wines, excuse me. And I say 30 wines. So what's that? 600. 600. There you go. And they all launched, and Austin, man, he had a 44-second flight. On 30 wines? That's pretty good. So, uh, yeah, anyway, Austin won for that. That was great. But, again, those kids who saw their plane and said, I think I could do something different. Well, you, you mentioned Caleb had access, <laughs> got his hands on, acquired uh took over all the foam that we had that we bought to build kits. I'm not kidding Requisitioned. you. He, he commandeered every piece of the flight test foam that we had, and he enlarged a beta to 500%. And it's it was amazing. And it was a lot of kids worked on it, I want to say that. And I'm going to add that it was my idea that we add a line underneath the wing <laughs> from, both, from wingtip to wingtip to keep it from, you know, bowing up into a V. And uh, yeah, there's a video of him holding it. It's very popular. It's like one of our most popular views on our Facebook page right now. And, and he used your high start as a rubber band. Uh, <laughs> no, he used electric motor. <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, he was able to fly it. One of our one of our good pilots, Cooper, all one of our oldest kids, was able to. Um, he he had more skill flying, I guess. Caleb trusted him, so Caleb flew it. I mean, excuse me, Caleb launched it. Uh, Cooper flew it. It was really nice. Everybody was excited. You could hear all the laughs and giggles. And Austin recorded a flight with his FPV racer. And as soon as he, the pilot was making a turn, he throttled up and it just quit. And, yeah, yeah. and it landed. And then the magic smoke fell out. Uh -oh. <laughs> so, oh. Yeah, the ESC was, uh, was fried. <laughs> no more ESC. That was it. It wasn't a fire. It was just the, it had too much. It's like, what do you want me to carry? <laughs> I'm not meant for this. <laughs> Uh, but that was great. And the smile on his face, uh, it was, you know, it's priceless. You know, that's, that's kind of why you go there. You want to see what the kids can come up with. Yeah, that's really cool. And from the stuff that you showed me and your boy showed me, I can imagine that 
When I was their age, I would have just been in heaven at that camp. It, oh, yeah. to, it hits all the, the right notes for me. Well, I, I'm <laughs> just going to be honest here. I'm looking at the time, and I know I could suck up the entire time talking about it, and I don't want to just tell all my stories, but you just mentioned something about sitting there and building, and this is Austin. This, this class was perfect for my son, Austin. And when he won that second shark for the contest, he and his buddy, because um, they were the same teammates for the other shark project, they stripped the other shark of parts and each of them built twin sharks. <laughs> so the, his friend built a tractor shark and Austin built a pusher shark. And one of the teachers came up to me and said that was really cool. You know, they were really impressed on how quick Austin was able to move everything around and, and get it to work. And yeah, it flew great. So hmm. cool. So you came home with sharks. Did you get to keep the betas? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you've got betas too. Now, I think you're the one who suggested that I convert a beta to an ultra micro electric. So now balls in your court, buddy. Oh, no, I'm, I can't touch Austin's. That was the, that's a winning beta, so I'm not going to move that. I mean, maybe Ryan will give me his. Well, you tell him I said there's no way he can do that. <laughs> All right, I'll tell him. <laughs> he ain't got the guts. Uh, do you have any questions, Fitz? No, I think you... Uh, uh, now, is this normally accompanied by parents, or were you kind of the oddball? Negative. Yeah, I was the oddball. <laughs> but I'm glad I went, because I, I was... I was, like I said, I was put to work and, uh, the, the, you guys will love this. The joke about me at best is I have the tool that someone needs. You know, I bring the kitchen sink, like Terry says, <laughs> you know, I will, I, I will solder for food. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and although I didn't bring my soldering iron, I should have, uh, the thing was, there were so many kids who were not using the right tool for the job. And I would like go up to them and say, do you need the blank? Or in this case, do you need a prop reamer versus a drill bit where you're using the floor as you're, you know, I was like, I have a prop reamer. Oh, you have a prop reamer. So, uh, but I will tell you, I had to keep track of all my tools because so as soon as they went out, I, I felt like a librarian going back to make sure it was checked back in. Yeah. But there were a lot of times these kids were using my tools and I hope that helped them out and understand what, what the right tool was. Yeah, and there were such a variety of connectors and adapters. Oh my goodness! Uh, I don't want to get into that, but that's another thing. If you ever go to a, a camp AMA, make sure you've got every possible adapter, you know, because there were planes that were provided by the AMA there already, and the kids wanted to use their receivers, their batteries on some of these planes. For example, the again, a shout out to my son Austin. One of their projects was to fix this large CZ Cub that was in disarray. Uh, the motor had been ripped out. The wingtips were questionable. The rudder was broken. The gear, <laughs> I can't explain what they did to the gear. Something, someone had a bad landing. But two of the kids went to, in Austin went to work and ended up putting a large U, <laughs> I say a UA, a large drone outrunner. Very, very wide, very thin with like, I don't know what the size of this thing was. 16, 17 inch carbon fiber prop. Okay. on the front of this thing and they and when austin realized he was going to use that motor he just saw the front end of the <laughs> plane right off i mean i heard him just going at it and he saw the whole front end off so he could mount the, it to the firewall and by golly that thing flew 
I, I got my hands on it. I had a great time. In fact, with that wobbly gear, I was able to do a one-wheel pass. <laughs> it was so scary as heck. But That's that was... It had a carbon fiber prop on it? Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. And someone ended up breaking it because I think they had run it on the ground and they were flying again and it delaminated. <laughs> that was an interesting <laughs> sound. <laughs> uh, well, never mind. I was going to say putting a, an expensive carbon fiber prop on that plane is like putting nice wheels on a... <laughs> four-door nova it, it, it adapted just just right uh gosh it was a lot of fun and again i could i could do with a two-hour show about this alone and i hope some of you who are listening will go back to the ama facebook page and uh, go through some of the instagram posts and and see the fun that was happening all right well i have one more question for you before i let you go you bet this was your first trip to muncie in ama headquarters what did you think of the flying facilities there? Awesome. My goodness. Uh, the Kudos to the crew that have to keep that sucker, I say that sucker, all the fields in good condition. There's multiple um, fields? Oh, yeah. I think there are five, five site numbers maybe, and then there's a variety of other fields like control lines and stuff. They're not numbered. Um, it, it's beautiful out there. In fact, I haven't posted it yet, but I did take up my Mavic Air 2 and did some photos out there. And I did one 360 turn from site three. Mm-hmm. And I'll try to get that on our Facebook page so you guys can see how beautiful it is out there. It's right. really nice. And uh, I'm not sure how I can give it justice. It was great, though. I mean, we flew. By the way, you didn't ask that question. Like, what the what were your hours of the class? It was from get your butt up to I can't, I can't keep my eyes open any longer. That's that's how it was. And we did some night flying on the last night and they had a little fire pit out there. And we uh, were just ha- you know having a chat. I think we were there till like 11 o'clock. But the kids just it was. It's camp. What it's do you want like them to be- do? It was like best. You know, it was just flying and fun. Did they get any type of certificate or anything from the AMA? They did. We they in fact, the instructors and and I guess myself, too, we kind of selected variety of different achievements for those who attended. And let's see, Austin got creative thinker, I believe. Mm. And Ryan got best listener. <laughs> and I would say that's right. That probably is actually correct. Ryan is a good listener. He likes to listen to the instructions and then he, he'll re- relay them back to you. Austin is, leave me alone, I'm going. <laughs> Let me fix this thing. <laughs> Just uh, point. <laughs> exactly. Where, where, where's the hot glue? <laughs> uh, and the, you know what? I the classroom was great. It's a nice big facility. Um, everybody was nice. Got to. It's attached to the museum. I haven't even talked about the museum. I haven't even talked about HQ. Although COVID does is still keeping a lot of people away, so I'd, I didn't get to see everybody I'd hoped to. But mm. it was nice to walk into that place and go you know this is home this yeah. is you know this is uh this is why i've been a member for so long well why don't we dig into the museum and episode 130 do okay and then we can move on all right so what next where'd you go after uh, camp ama well on saturday after camp ama we drove to dayton and we went to the air force museum or oh, the National Museum of the United States Air Force. I think that's the proper title. And boy, boy, I ugh, I kind of feel good and bad about what I'm about to tell you. Uh, but our good friend Adam Drain popped up. He said, hey, tell me when you're coming. 
I'll meet you there. Oh, and I have to insert this. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> so I've been talking to Adam on our trip there. And when I, about, I don't know, 40, 30 minutes out from getting to Dayton, he goes, hey, did you know they're giving B-25 rides, you know, just north of, of Dayton? Mm-hmm. And, Austin, you know, Ryan is such a huge fan. His eyes are he's like, what? <laughs> and so I, I waited until we got to the hotel. We didn't even check in the hotel. And I started making calls. And we were this this close to getting on a B-25. And uh. it would have been heaven. But there was only one seat left. And that's it. And I asked, I was like, is there a chance people pass up or they don't? And he goes, no, it's, it's always full. There's a you know, long waiting list, yada, yada. But because there's only one seat, I, you have to have two when you have a kid that young. So uh. I really thought we were going to bypass the museum and, and go have a, a B-25 flight. Oh, so man. maybe so next close. time. It's so close. It is a bummer. And you know what? I have a good kid. He was like, oh, okay. <laughs> we're going to go see a B-25 at the museum. That's okay, Dad. He knows I tried. I really did try. Yeah, you still got to see a B-25 that day. Oh, yeah. So uh, was, as I was saying, we get to the museum and... Uh, <laughs> how do, gosh, it's, it's a long story, so let me cut it short. We get to the museum. Adam's there. We meet him in the first hangar, which is uh, early, you know, pre-World War One. And again, beautiful museum. It's a long, long story. It's worth going to this museum. But if you go, take a five-hour energy drink with you, <laughs> wear comfortable shoes, make sure you've had plenty of rest because you will be dead dog tired like this guy yep. right here. It, yep. it is such a huge museum. It's so long. It's so much material. I just lost it. So let's talk about the heavy stuff. Uh, we get there. And our... Uh, or collage for this show, I should include the picture that Adam sent of you at the museum. Oh, that bad. <laughs> He's not joking, man. You should, he didn't, at least he didn't get the picture of me after he left. I was zonked out on a bench. Austin, Ryan was in line to, to do one of these 360 virtual you know, tank games. And so it was a perfect opportunity for me to get, you know, count my eyelids <laughs> over and over again. Uh, the, Best part is my son loves the Doolittle B-25s. There is a beautiful display uh, of a B-25 with all these notes. They have the chalices from the B-25 pilots. you know the history about that? That sounds familiar, but I don't know. Every, there was a, a chalice for every pilot who, who went on the mission, and when they passed away or didn't come back, their chalice was turned upside down. Oh, okay. And so it's this huge little case, and supposedly they they had a I forget the the scotch or something, but um, it was supposed to be meant for the last person. But I think five years ago they opened it for a couple of the last pilots or crew members, uh, and then we lost the last one. I guess was a year ago. Yeah, the, the co-pilot. Familiar? Yeah, they saved it for the last one to survive a Doolittle raid. Yeah. So right. Adam Adam has some story in this. He's probably screaming at me right now. Um, <laughs> going hey lee didn't you read the stuff i was like no i was too busy trying to get through the darn museum but ryan loved it it was it was so neat they had a lot of outfits and notes and history and he sat there and watched a couple of the screens and gosh he's he's like i remember as a kid you know john wayne was my hero i watched all the john wayne movies i'm watching this kid looking at jimmy doolittle like i did john wayne so it's really really neat austin's just austin's walking around (laughs) he's like oh that's cool playing that's cool playing uh we oh gosh uh Dang it. <laughs> it's like everybody's going, come on, Lee, talk about it. I can't. It's There's so much stuff. There's a uh, 
you know, B-17. Which one was that? Memphis Bell. God darn it. See, I'm tired right now. I'm, I'm tired thinking about walking through the museum of what I went next. <laughs> Memphis Bell. And that is a, I mean, the story of that history of that plane, like it was outside on display for years. Yeah. In Memphis, right? Like on some island. <laughs> yes. I know. Adam was telling me the story and I was like, you get out of here. You're kidding me. He's like, no, man. It's like, this is what they did. I was like, you just go, how would, what are you thinking? Mm-hmm. But it's a beautiful display and it's a lot of history. And, and, and Fred, I got an email from uh, Michael Smith, who's the uh, curator at the museum, the National Model Aviation Museum. And he said that's one of his fav- favorite, favorite places to go is to sit there and watch the, the movie or this history about Memphis Bell. And then he goes and walks around it. <laughs> well, that's a pretty new display, right? Just in the last few years. I think so. I think so. Yeah. And what was the other thing that um, Adam had mentioned? Something about the gear coverage or something? Oh, man, there was another. It'll come back to me. I'll go through my pictures. <laughs> I took a lot of pictures. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, there's SR-71. There's the uh, XB, right? XB-1. Um, XB-70? XB-70, thank you. The oh, Terry, uh, t- uh, Fitz, what was that plane I was I was telling you about that looked like something from the, the Galileo from Star Trek? <laughs> the blue something? Oh, You and I were chatting about it. Half blue or paved blue or something? Blue something. Ish. Terry, does it ring a bell for you? Yeah, this... real boxy looking thing. Yes, yeah. <laughs> sorry. I kept looking at it going, that's hilarious. And then I, then I start reading about it that it's actually flown. I was like, oh my God, this thing flies? <laughs> uh, so obviously I didn't bring enough education to this uh, podcast. And so I, I'm just, uh, you guys got to shoot me down for that. Museum's great. How's that? I'll just promote the museum. You should go. Well, uh, it, it was a tactic blue. Tech it blue. Tacit? Tacit blue. There you go. Thank you. Like early stealth technology. Very early. Yeah. Developed. Early, yeah. early stealth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't call that thing stealthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not radar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not radar. And I don't the, mean MASH. The Northrop ta- Tacit blue. It's a weird plane. Well, did Look you up, see folks. more than 10% of the museum? Uh, yes. Okay. It did. We were there till oh my god, we got there 10, left at 7, I think, or something like that. Okay. Brought my friends back some bling. You did. Thank you. Oh, yes. Thank you very cool much. stuff. Thank you very yeah. much. Oh, and you know what? <laughs> I'm so, I hear Adam screaming in my ear right now. He's like, Lee, P-38. <laughs> P-38. Yes, there was a P-38 there. And I think it was a J to look like an L. And I was... I was surprised that it had blue spinners and didn't quite I, I just you never see blue spinners except for the like white 33 one of the p38s from uh, i think new zealand that it just uh, threw me off but yeah i guess they just had uh, the, the wheel covers were cool too i think i posted those photos on uh, either on my raviation page or facebook but they're little dice oh. <laughs> little wheel cut ca- uh, wheel cap okay that's kind of cool but yes yeah, so there's neat. a p38 there what's neat like, is they also have a bunch of foreign aircraft there so if I remember correctly, that's some oddball stuff. Oh yeah. I think from after the war, they for they sent back to states for evaluation, and they didn't scrap some of them. They kept some of them. Did I mention how tired I was? <laughs> 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 that's why I took pictures and some video. Uh, yeah, it was it was great. So the it really is a two. By the way, to be serious, it's a two day museum. Yeah. Really, you need if you're going to spend your time to go there and want to see it all you got to split it up into two days you got to go there first and just get wowed and looked and then go back the next day and try to cover all the 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 reading and the videos and stuff that you know just you didn't have time for 
Austin was really hoping there was a 747 there. And the lady at the counter told us there was a 747. She was mistaken. Kind of like me with trying to name these aircraft right now. <laughs> she, um, she said 747. It was a 707. It was the one that brought Kennedy's body back okay, from Dallas. The old Air Force One. Yeah. 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 And so he got to walk through it. Okay. And he, he actually said, you know, I'm glad I got to do that. He was you know, still, still looking for that 747 ride someday. <laughs> That's his bucket list. Interesting. Oh, and so shout out to Adam things. thanks for meeting me up there and hanging out with your son and you know walking around he's yeah, he's also cool. a walking encyclopedia so yeah it's fantastic yeah yeah we've had some offline conversation with Adam cool guy really, really great to make his acquaintance he's good people yeah he's good people all right so that was the that museum all right what are the next slides on your vacation collection Click, click. <laughs> right, well, the I, side of the house. Here's a picture of me at the side of the house with the front of the house. Okay. <laughs> uh, after leaving Dayton, I went to this town called Canton. <laughs> Actually, I didn't. Know, I, I drove through Canton because I think I went straight to see you, Terry. Uh, you did. Where's the music? Do we have some music for here? You know, like, like. Two people running at each other, you know, slow motion. <laughs> I'm picturing yeah. the notebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I, had something. I think I'll just, I'm going to let Terry take over for a while, but you can, you can tell how wonderful it was to see me drive up. How's that? So our plans were very fluid. I think right up until the morning that things happened, but... I knew that Lee was traveling the Midwest and I wanted to try to meet him. And as it turned out, the closest he was going to be was in Canton, which is about a four hour drive for me. And he was coming from Dayton, which is what, about a two hour drive? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. And uh, so we decided that our meetup point would be Edgewater Air Park, just outside of Canton in Minerva, somewhere out there. And uh, that's where Flight Test Headquarters is. So we met out there and had some fun flying. We did. Look, looked around, yeah. So you're able to fly at their facilities? Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't want to say what the rules are because I don't know, but we just showed up. We made him up. <laughs> he just crashed a party. <laughs> yeah, and uh, some of the people from the Flight Test crew were there who are kind of the some of the regulars who fly out there every weekend. And they said, the roadies? Well, welcome. Yeah, right. <laughs> They said we were welcome to fly there, and they were very uh, uh, nice to us and helped us, showed us the things we needed to do. And so that's what we did. We just uh, parked and hung out, and it's a pretty neat facility. I'm not quite sure what to say about it. Well, first of all, you see it on the flight test videos all the time, so you kind of build a map and a picture in your head of what it's like, and it did not resemble much of that in reality for me. Hmm. Um, I think it was a little bit smaller than I imagined. Um but still, it was a perfectly nice flying facility, and you just have to be aware of some of the elevation changes that are out there. It's not like a big flat runway. It's, there's some considerations to be made. Well, let but, me help Fitz out. Is a The field we were flying was the former driving range. And so hmm. when we parked, to our left was like the 300-yard area, and to our right was where people would normally... The T-box. T-box is correct. So they had it so that golf balls would go up a hill 
on the longer distances. So maybe they'd roll down. So on your left, you had like two undulations, right? Yeah, two, two distinct elevation changes. Yeah. And if you can picture it like a football field, the runway that they have set up, they have a geomat runway, which you see in a lot of the videos. That would be like the end zone of a football field. So the runway is kind of on the short end and the in front of you is the long way. Hmm. So the way we set up that day, and I'm not sure why they started that the direction, but they were on the long side by the trees. And so that's where we were. It worked out fine. You just have to be aware of the bigger elevation changes in some of the trees. And after a couple of flights, I think we were all pretty comfortable with it. I'd say many of the trees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, uh, my take is it's probably good for park flyer aircraft, you know, four feet under, like adequate. That's probably as much as the turn ratio you'd want. Plywood overcast needed <laughs> a little bit more room. Uh, but we were, man, I didn't feel did it was it. too difficult. Yeah, I wasn't saying it was too difficult, but you definitely, you know, had your line of sight for trees and just to make sure you were over them. But the, I will tell you, and I think, I don't know if you heard this, Terry, but you know, one guy hit that power line off. To the yeah, yeah, right. I saw. Yeah, did you hear about the other person? No, Austin. Oh no, that'd <laughs> <laughs> be good. Yeah, Austin uh, broke his camera rig off the little FPV racer. He just sliced oh. it right off. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. it's hard to see, and I, that's to me one of the like negatives. There's, there's our was it like two poles, and just you could not yeah. see them because they were hidden by the trees. I mean, they just you, you yeah, yeah. That's on the in. approach to the geo mat runway. Correct. Yeah. yeah, so you got to be but, wary of that. <laughs> so, oops. <laughs> <laughs> so, so do laugh. they have like uh, like facilities you can visit or tour or anything like that? Or uh, continue, well, Terry. Well, sort of. You know, the clubhouse is there, and that's where the studio for flight test is. And the first floor—I don't remember what they called it—but there's kind of an area there where, from what I understand, they typically have hot glue guns set up and things like that if you need to work on your plane. And there's also a snack bar. Um, because apparently it's still also a golf course. And what did Correct. you say, Lee? It's like four holes and you just replay the same holes multiple times? No, it's it's 18, but there are a couple of holes that you replay or they have double tee boxes. Oh, okay. So I guess so where they fly now is... Still an yeah. active golf course. Yes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So the flying was only taking place in the driving range. Now, I think they can fly at certain holes because you know they're the bosses and they can yeah. close down a hole if they want. But all the flying we did was on the, the golf range. Yeah. I mean, it was still very nicely manicured and all that. So it's not like it's not treated like a golf course there. So it was a pretty neat place to fly. Anyway, so they've got the clubhouse there that's got those facilities. And we ended up having dinner there. And we had a great dinner and ice cream and all sorts of stuff. So in terms of a place to spend the afternoon flying, I have no complaints whatsoever. Agreed. Interesting. And so I went there with a couple of intents to fulfill. One was to see Lee and his boys. The other was to hand off a couple of airplanes. And there was a question uh, the whole time of whether or not these airplanes that I had trouble getting in my car were going to fit in Lee's car, which was already full of airplanes. So we can get into that later, but we took a lot of airplanes with us. And we flew a lot of airplanes and multi-rotors. So I flew my Pondmaster, which I mistakenly called a twin puddle master the last time we talked about it. You did. 
Yeah, but it, it was actually a different design called the Pondmaster. So we flew that, and what else did I fly? My Yin Yang, and my Ultra Micro Parallax, and something else. What else did I fly, Lee? Well, we Plywood flew Plywood. Is that it? I thought I had another small one there. Oh, my uh, 1951 Flying Wing. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So those are the ones I took. You know, I probably should have put this disclaimer at the beginning of this episode, but d- does everybody remember I had shoulder surgery? And have I mentioned <laughs> people that I'm back on my pain meds because after physical therapy, my shoulder hurts like a <laughs> So I'm, I'm a little tired right now. <laughs> so probably should let you know that that's probably why I'm off today. So yes, because I flew the darn wing and you that was the video you posted of me landing that thing flipping. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Well, it's your reaction afterwards that seals the deal. <laughs> the so. Truth be told, that landing wasn't that bad. It just, you no. know, it just kept moving. It just kept sliding on the ground. And yeah, you got ground effect or something a little sideways, but it didn't break anything. It's fine. So if you're wondering what we're talking about, go to our Instagram account. Oh, actually, would it still be up? Because it was a story. And so does it just disappear unless we yeah, do something? disappears. Okay, so we'll have to repost it as a permanent thing. So, uh, yeah, I'll take care of that. But we did a lot of flying. We flew all those things. Lee, I have no idea what you and your boys flew. They just kind of ran off and started flying stuff, including the sharks. Well, I got to chime in real quick and talk about, you know, Ryan got to go see the B-25 and the doodle story at the museum. Had Austin seen the 747, that would have been the end. But while we were at flight test and we were talking to the flight crew, one of them had mentioned that Josh might be coming back. Because at the time we showed up to see Terry, the headquarters or their offices were closed and there was no one else there. And after we had flown plywood overcast, and I think maybe you and I had I'd flown the, the Twin Otter and you flew your aircraft, um, we some cars drove up and Austin was freaking out. <laughs> He's like, I want to see Josh Bixler. And I give Josh uh, a nod here. He is a very good social butterfly. <laughs> I was like, he was very charming and generous with his charming time. guy. And when he, when he, they, when he showed up and Austin started talking to him, he was like, well, y'all want to come to the office? And his boss was like, do I want to open presents on Christmas Day? <laughs> I mean, Does so, a bear? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is the Pope? Does a bear do his thing in the woods? Yeah. Austin comes back and says, Dad, can, will he sign one of my planes? I was like, do you have a marker? Dad, do you have a marker? <laughs> I was like, yeah. So he went over there and he we went over to the office. They let us in. Immediately, Austin says, hey, would you mind... Uh, signing my airplane so he signs the guinea with a sharpie <laughs> but this is the part i love were you there when ryan introduced himself <laughs> you can't say this i can't say this this is hilarious this is good stuff so ryan yeah. <laughs> ryan ryan's behind austin austin's talking to josh he signs the play ryan holds his hand out says hi i'm not a big fan like my brother <laughs> <laughs> But he said it so nice, and Josh shook his hand, and then Austin, and then Ryan gave him his uh, little uh, E-flight hawk. I'm sorry, um, high tech 
e-hawkeye it said hey will you sign this so josh signed the, the little e-hawkeye too yeah. i just i laugh so hard at that but and ryan looked at me and goes oh, i don't hate him i just you know i know austin <laughs> likes him more it's like well i probably wouldn't have said that though so <laughs> but josh then took us upstairs and my god austin was like it, it was like uh, being in the candy shop and being told you can have whatever you want Although well that's worth take- noting because you know the studio and all that stuff is upstairs which is usually locked and d- is not general access so yeah he invited you guys and i don't know if it's because you're founders or just because we were there and he was being friendly but he invited us up there to look around actually great point terry um austin was wearing the founder shirt so when josh first set up the gofundme for edgewater i was an original founder and one gift that you got being a founder was a free ticket to flight fest so that was kind of my gift to austin's for the flight fest texas as part of that founder uh, donation so he was wearing the shirt josh made a point that he likes to meet founders and he wants to give them a chance to see more so that certainly was i think as you said terry one of those little triggers to say oh you're a founder well you got to come see what your money went to (laughs) and we found my name on the wall there and but Josh gave him a complete tour. I have tons of pictures of them just showing him one thing to the other. And I like I have this great photo of Austin inside the video room with the flight test logo, and he's holding the what is that three D plane? Help me out, Terry. The one he just uh, built. Yeah, I don't remember. He, he fits Austin, right now. Austin fits. It's a three D printed plane. The three D printed plane that Austin did. It's completely. Is it an Eclipsen or something else? Thank yeah, you. Yeah, Eclipsen A. Yeah. Is it yeah. Eclipsen A? So yeah. this one was built out of the lightweight PLA, and you know Austin was all over it. But I got I grabbed a picture of him holding it like he was giving a client you know, a video <laughs> you know, for, over flight test. Anyway, he had he got a lot of bragging photos to send to his friends. Uh, his friend Max that he met at Flight Fest Texas. He he was texting, you know, showing him all the pictures. I think his friend was jealous. But they I walked around. Then uh, Terry, you talked with Josh for a little while. Do you care to mention what you guys chatted about? Yeah, um, just looking around at some of the stuff they had on the floor there. I noticed that they had a Waco glider, the CG4A, which you guys know I. Um, have, I built one of those a long time ago that I towed behind my C-47, and they also had a C-47 there. So I was asking him about that and kind of relating our mutual experiences with it. And it turned out they had just released the video about their Waco the day before or two days before. And uh, so we were talking about all that, and yeah, we spent several minutes just chewing the fat on that. It was interesting. Yeah, and it wasn't just us. There were other people in, in the room, too. So there were other people you know, wanting to see Josh. Um, yeah, there were other people in there, but I felt like the, they weren't part of our tour group. They were just kind of roaming around. So the point I would make is that I never felt rushed in any way or that we were being an inconvenience. I, I was very impressed by how warm that welcome was. Same. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice you can go there and visit the facilities and sort of fly and sort of get a mini tour and that kind of stuff. That's interesting yeah so, yeah it was kind of neat to see that stuff in person yeah yeah instead of just on the youtube actually see it in person to get a real appreciation for the uh the venue and how the sausage is made oh uh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, 
you know, and we've been honest about flight tests in the past. We appreciate all the efforts and the things they do to get people in the hobby. But there's also things that we're not crazy about. So mm. it was nice to um, kind of get a more personal view of the things that go on there and get a better perspective. Yeah. Always. So I think I walked away with that. Okay. You shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> I shouldn't be getting a better perspective. No, no, no. I was, I was, I was whispering in the background. Don't throw watermelons out of the back of a plane. Oh, <laughs> stop shooting them down. This stuff's expensive. Flamethrowers on your yes. <laughs> right now, let's get to the other part. We flew plywood overcast, and it's funny. The idea did not occur to me until. I think it was the morning of, or maybe it was the night before, because I had planned to pack it up and take it to Lee's so I, he could bring it back to Texas. And then at some point, I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Why don't I just bring some batteries and the transmitter, too, and we can fly it together? Yeah. And so, again, we weren't sure if it would be a big enough facility to do that, but what the heck, I was taking it anyway. And then we decided we could do it. We're like, if we just, you know, the wind happened to be good enough that we can shoot an approach down between these trees over here and we'll be all right. And by golly, it worked out. So I flew the first pack, or I should say packs. It takes three batteries to fly it. Um, so I flew it and I had a mediocre landing that was caught on film by Austin. He did a nice job of chasing it with his quad. And then a little while later, after the tour, Lee flew it. Oh, no, no. You flew the same battery the first time, right? I just did a few laps and then you picked it up. Yeah, because you were telling me it only has, you know, four minutes or something. <laughs> yeah, I was just being real conservative and turns out it had more than that. But uh, then you flew it again later and both of your landings, especially your very first landing with this ginormous plane, you greased that baby in, like, didn't even bounce. So kudos to you, Lee. I was just following your flight path. <laughs> well, you flew it like you've flown it a hundred times before. Well, yeah. What was your impression, Lee, on flying it? It was fun, man. <laughs> I, I can't believe he's he's letting me have it. But I have to warn you, Fitz. I'm going to fly it for a while, and then you're going to find it in your garage because you're going to have to be flying it too. Where the hell are going to put it? <laughs> you, I'll find a way. You put something else in your garage. We should talk about that other elephant in the room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> the gray, green elephant, whatever you, whatever color that thing is. Yeah, so the other airplane that I took to hand off was my uh, Val. I think it's an 84-inch airplane. The wing on that thing is the size of a surfboard. <laughs> it's a one-piece It does. He's not, he's not wrong. He goes, look at the surfboard in my car. Yeah. And uh, I, I will never understand how we fit those two airplanes in your Suburban with all that other stuff. I don't know. Well, if you had not removed that landing gear, and, and sorry, Fitz, if I had not left it here at the house, <laughs> I'm holding on to it. Yeah, I should, um, note, it, I should note it's now a hand launch valve. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, yeah, it's, it was just playing Tetris. Yeah. We, we figure out a way to get everything in there. And I cannot believe, I mean, the sad truth, here's the sad truth. If y'all saw the photos Terry posted on Facebook, um, I we were trying to save room in the car. So there was, you know, I had a good thought that we'd get plywood overcast. I wasn't sure about the Val. But after we got it in, I was so worried about the drive home of, you know, having hangar rush and so forth. And by golly, we got everything home just fine until... Uh, thumbs here dun, dun, took, the, took the valve wing and put it up against the corner of my wall and ladder 
Hold on. It says, the pointy that? wingtip valve wing. It was on a rug. I had it on a rug. Uh-huh. And what happened is after I closed my door to my workshop, I guess the gods of gusty winds were <laughs> furious with me and they blew the wing away from the ladder and it fell right onto a table. And I left a nice big fat dent in the wing for my buddy Fitz. They which demanded put, a sacrifice. Which I put lovely band-aids over the dent. <laughs> and I expect Fitz to fly the first flight with them on. <laughs> the band-aids. The patriotic band-aids, right? The patriotic yeah. band-aids, yeah. Little red, white, and blue. Band-Aids. <laughs> yeah, it looks like so an easy fix, right? You just kind of crush the leading edge a little bit. Yeah, it's oh, I told a little dead. Yeah, he t- I told him not to take the Band-Aids off. Did you take the Band-Aids off? I did not. Okay, good. So, so leave them on. <laughs> you can always just like, my friend did that. <laughs> so I think the maker of that model was the ESM. The, yes. I think it came from Legend Hobby, actually. Uh, um, yeah, Legend Hobby used to have ESM. But uh, it's a... Yeah, a Big Val has a DLE 30 in it, and I got it in a trade from one of my flying buddies when I was in Lubbock, and I fully intended to fly it and just never did. So, and it, the guy who had it before me, uh, Brian, he did lots of great detail on it and uh, weathering and other stuff. Yeah. Okay, I want to say that this is really nice, Terry. I <laughs> it was big really nice. time. <laughs> the more I looked at it, the more stuff I liked about it. For the most part. Um, it is really, really nice. I mean, on the surface, he did a nice, it's a nice weathering job. It's not overdone, but it's nicely done. Panel lines, um, some some metal chipping, paint chipping effects and stuff on it. Uh, it's got a DLE 30. I took the cowl off, by the way, just to poke around. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a DLE 30 in it with a remote choke. And did you know there's got a smoke pump in there? Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's got a, a I did find a tank lead. It's on, it was... It's not easy to see, but it's on a platform underneath the cockpit, but in between, sandwiched in between the, the wood platform. So there's a regular fuel tank, and he's got two, um, they're hard to see, but there's two fueling uh, nipples, what do you want to call it, uh, uh, recessed nip, uh, refueling stubs that you pull out. To, you can to, say nipples. Or nipples. I just have a shorter exact term, but uh, on either side. So one side is for the fuel, one side is for the smoke pump. Uh, it's got a working bomb release as well on the wing. Yeah, I don't have any bombs, and I don't think I ever did. I want to say I have a mold to make bombs, but I couldn't find that. But I then I remembered you 3D print bombs now, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, okay. I, 3D, um, I 3D printed a bunch for a couple of good for guys. Uh, Libel really likes them. He's been dropping them, dropping the hell out of them lately. Do you have any uh, Japanese uh, bombs? Uh, you know, I think I do, as a matter of fact. Um, I have to double check. Of course, nobody really scrutinized them too much. It's, a lot of the bombs kind of look alike. Sure. Um, so, uh, so it's just really nice. The only thing is, um, there's batteries in the nose, and those are going to have to be replaced. Uh, one did take a charge, but it was really low. The other one was just dead, dead. I think they're either lithium ion or lithium. Life oh, is. I think they're, yeah, I think they're life. They, well, yeah, they would have been sitting for a few years now. So. Uh, yeah, one had a date of 2012 on it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, those are going to have to go. Um, yeah. But I think he was using his nose weight, too, so that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, it looks looks like it never was flown very much. The engine looks in great condition with a pit muffler on it. Yeah, uh, Brian was very meticulous about how he took care of his stuff and how he built his stuff, so... It was pampered for sure, and I basically just stored it for five years. 
Yeah, it's really, really nice. I really look forward to getting it flying. It's going to need a new gun for the gunner. He's missing the gun, but that's what 3D oh. printers are for. Oh, I'm trying to remember if that was in there. Is there a place for it? Uh, I'll have to double check. I didn't look too deeply. It's no big deal. Like I said, I have yeah. a 3D printer. I can always make one. Uh, yeah, I'm wondering, maybe it's in the back of my car or the Suburban. It's no big deal. If you, yeah, see, okay. if you find it, you find it. If you don't, you don't. It's not a big deal. Okay. But it is really nice. I, I'm really, I always like the Val. The Vals were an interesting plane. Uh, I've built a plastic model of one, and I think I had a little tiny R for one at once. Um, they were known to be a, actually a pretty good plane during the war. Um of course, like everything, they got eventually got outclassed. But early in the war, they're very accurate, uh, reasonably fast, and very maneuverable. They were almost as maneuverable as a fighter plane. Once they dropped a bomb, they could zip around, and they had a couple of machine guns in the nose. They were yeah, it's got that giant wing. I mean, it's yeah, big. Uh, it's a big mother, a lot of lift. Yeah, and nice split flaps on it. If you notice. oh yeah, and it's got nice servos in there, and yeah, it's a nice airplane. Yes. So, yes. Thank you very much, Lee, for packing it in the way you did. Uh, I really appreciate it, uh, despite leaving the landing gear at home. <laughs> oh, and speaking of, uh, I th- that might be the one thing that you have to tweak a little bit. The, From what I remember, the stock landing gear wasn't all that great. Mm. And so Brian had fabricated or tweaked the gear that's on it. And that was better, but still not great. So you might have to tweak it some more. Okay, well, I'll take a look when I get it. When you get it. <laughs> when I get it. If I get it. He's holding it ransom. I think we were talking about catching up in, what, two weeks for the uh, SCOBY swap meet? Uh, yeah, yeah. The swap meet in SCOBY, I think, was it the 17th or something like that. If you, had, if you had gone to SCOBY today, I could have had Austin drop him off for you. Oh, he's in the area? <laughs> I, this is completely off topic, but uh, today Austin went to SCOBY and, and flew by himself. Did he? Really? With his brand new DX9 that his daddy bought him. Oh. Yeah, it's funny. He had asked me if I knew of any for sale. And since then, I had I saw one yesterday or the day before, sometime recently, in your area by someone we know. And I was about to send Ooh. you a link, but you had already liked it. So I'm like, okay. And I already bought and it. it. Yeah. That was it. That was Good the one. for you. Yeah, right. my buddy Paul. I, Paul is a good friend of ours. I've I've had a couple of <laughs> couple of low pass. He was low pass Paul, um, <laughs> and and a couple that were too low. And there's a famous photo or sequence I have of his Spitfire not surviving, but it sure is a good sequence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's he's getting into flying the big stuff, and he was uh, offloading some equipment and. I don't know if I had told you or if, if he had said anything, Austin, to you when we were at flight test, but when we were at at uh, Camp AMA and he was flying his DX6, one of the instructors was standing next to him and he was flying the shark maybe and his transmitter died. It just quit. Oh. And it happened really quick. So it was like one second and then you heard it beep up and boot. And by that time it was too late. And I think the it, it wasn't terrible, but he crashed. And the guy was right there. He says, I mean, he came to me and said, yeah, it just completely shot. He's a, he was just holding it and it just quit. So this is not the first time it's done that. And uh, he's had some other issues with it. So he's like, dad, I really need a new transmitter. So we were, that's when I called you Fitz about, you know, the NX series, what yeah. you had. And so we were, you know, toying with an NX8 idea. But when I saw that DX9 come out, it was the, uh, you know, what they call it, version two, 
Gen 2, yeah. Gen 2. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, they have the extra antennas and stuff. I told Austin, he said, I would love to. So that was his job today. And to me, this is kind of cool. All right, son, you can go to the SCOBY as long as you have your AMI card. Go look at this transmitter. And the funny thing was, when he was out there, he brought his DX6 to fly, and it chirped out again on him. And Paul said to me, he goes, yeah, he was flying, it just quit. And so he went ahead and switched the... Uh, transmitter over to the new DX9. He said it flew fine, you know. So it's mm. like proof already that the uh, transmitter is in good shape. So he got home, registered it, put it the new updates in there, and he's like almost copied all every aircraft now. He's uh, yeah, he's me. So, <laughs> he's, a, he's nerdy. What are you gonna do with the six? You gotta send that sucker in. I am sending that sucker in. Yeah, there's. Right. It's not a battery situation. We've changed the batteries before. There's something else loose in there, and I mean we'll have to make the decision if they what the estimate is and how much people get dx6s for uh, whatever it is that's my money <laughs> that's mine mine so yeah but that was a that was a unfortunate situation i mean he said he'd, he'd have to tap i'm using air quotes he'd have to tap his transmitter to, to boot it up again or something so yeah really bad connection maybe he dropped it a couple of times and didn't tell me <laughs> so yeah he knew right. dx9 in the, in the in the field he's got now right. he has the newest transmitter lucky okay. dog what? That's good because when he was talking to me about it, he didn't mention the intermittent power issues. He was just saying he needed more channels for stuff he wanted to do. Well, and he was just wanting the eight because almost everybody who came to Camp AMA had a DX eight. Yeah, Gen two. So he's he's happy. Yeah, and we've I'm talked about dad. that before. I think eight channels the minimum anymore with all the features that come on the ARFs. Just start with an eight. Yeah. Skip the six. You're going to upgrade soon anyway. Yeah. Well, I I can't afford my NX ten now. <laughs> I hope he gets a job soon and buys me one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm All sure right, that's so the first thing on his mind. I'm going to wrap this up because poor Fitz has not had enough to talk about his his doings because he went to an event. So we're going to Lee went to Camp AMA. I went to Ohio. I got to see Terry. We flew a plane. He shoved planes in my truck. We brought them home. They're in my garage. <laughs> so Plywood Overcast fills my garage right now. And now it's... Fitz time. Wait, hold on. No, not so fast. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I just want to go back to the loading of that stuff in your Suburban. Because okay. obviously you guys have been on the road for more than a week at that point. And so you know, the, the truck gets a little messy with random things here and there. We first tried loading things in with the stuff that was already in there. And I think we quickly figured out that wasn't going to work. So we basically unloaded everything that was already in there and started from scratch. And... There was a big pile of stuff outside of your Suburban. <laughs> yeah, we were like, how are we getting this all back in? <laughs> a big steaming pile of stuff. And we got it all in there, man. And it's funny because I was talking to uh, Nicole from the flight test crew. She was showing me their van and stuff. And so we had just unloaded stuff. And th- I talked to her for a minute. And I came back. And you had already done a big chunk of getting stuff back in. And that was the moment when I'm like, hey, we might actually do this. And boy, what do you know, 20 minutes later, it was all in there. So kudos to you, Lee. I will say the Suburban was a iffy purchase because if you've heard me rant about my 2013 Suburban, which I hate with a passion (laughs) or hated with a passion, I'm so glad I got rid of that thing. But this new one is actually a little bit bigger as far as length. But the height from the floor to the ceiling was is reduced because the third row is permanent. So mm-hmm. the rack that I had in the 2013 that I pushed in this one didn't quite fit all the way to the top. It was it was really tight. 
But that being said, not only did we have to get those planes in there, Terry, but I had to make sure our luggage came out every night we came home. So oh, we right. still had to pack everything in there so we could remove the luggages, the luggages, the, the <laughs> luggage. <clears throat> and that meant putting two bags in your plywood overcast and just squeezing them by, making sure it didn't rip off a servo arm or something. Yeah, it worked. So, yeah, I was happy with that. <laughs> Can't believe I'm saying this, but kudos to Chevrolet <laughs> for, for their 2021 Suburban. Yeah. And I just wanted to say thanks again to all the flight test crew people that were out there that were so gracious to us. And I'm not going to remember everybody's name, but there was Wes and Wes and Nicole and Alex. So, and all the others. So thanks to you guys. Well, then I'm going to do a shout out to Camp AMA, to my Kyles and my Joel <laughs> and my buds and uh, Santiago and AJ. It was a great time out there. I thought the uh, adults had fun too. It wasn't just for the kids. I mean, we were we were having a good time flying and the kids, My, I will just say the kids were entertained with my twin otter. <laughs> they thought that was a blast. <laughs> oh yeah. Man, we don't have time to go into that, but man, that's the first time I saw your modified lightweight super hot rod twin otter. That thing is a hoot. <laughs> well, Fitz got to fly it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I don't know what the stock one is like, but man, this thing is zoom, zoom. It's fun. I'm so glad I have a second one just in case. <laughs> it's so. definitely a purchase. So yes, if you have not pulled the trigger on a Twin Otter, if there's one available and it goes on sale, get one. And then you can call me or look at my uh, my mods on the RC group thread. Yeah, Lee will tell you what to cut off of it. <laughs> I did have someone look. Yeah, someone came up to me who had a Twin Otter or something. And it's like, what mods did I make? And I, when I told them I clipped the wings and put the uh, wingtips back on, they were like... I don't even see it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like it's just a two by four. <laughs> it's very thin because even you said that, Terry. You were like, "How?" I didn't realize how thin that wing was. The cord. Yeah. 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 All right, Fitz. Now you can All tell right. us your story. Do we need? Wait, is this where we have the your mission music? <laughs> All right, someone went to small. Who okay, could it be? yeah, small steps. What did I do? Yeah, I had to pull up my notes. I almost forgot about it. I I flew planes. I went there. <laughs> I flew. I came home. End of story. Yeah, seriously. If anybody's like, if you're, take a break right now because it's the perfect time to take a break. All right. Four score and seven weeks ago. <laughs> Okay, so, uh, yes, I went to Small Steps again, this time in the summer. I think I went last time in the fall. I missed the summer. So Small was back, and it was a nice ride up. Uh, the weather was mostly cooperative. Uh, we had, uh, I think, a little bit of a, some rain on Saturday. It kind of passed by pretty quickly, but for the most part, it was pretty nice. This is uh, Little Rock? Little Rock, Arkansas, Arkansas. Yeah, okay. And how long of a drive was that from Houston? Uh, it was about seven hours. Of course, oh, okay. Lee doesn't uh, believe me, but yes, it was. Seven hours. <laughs> He's lying. <laughs> he is such a liar. All right. Hey, man, that's what cruise control's for. Maybe because you're not when you're not driving a uh, battleship, driving a sleek little car like I do. I just want to say, guys, on another note about my suburban, the best I could do on my other one was like 19 miles per gallon, and that was like downhill. This, <laughs> what a tailwind. This sucker got 23 miles to the gallon on the highway. That's, that's pretty good. That's, that's awesome. 
<laughs> for me. <laughs> anyway, continue. Liar. <laughs> <laughs> uh Okay, so uh, so just some observations. Uh, some are some familiar faces. Uh, Tom Blackney and, and uh, Richard Ng were there. Um, do you know who Kim Stricker is? Do you remember him? And um, uh, Steve Staples. A lot of regulars were there. It, it's it was odd because it seemed a little light as far as the flying, uh, but there were over forty registered pilots, so they had a good turnout. It just seemed. Um, it just was kind of unusual, probably because Tony wasn't there, and Tony does half the flying of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that Tony Curso. Tony Curso. I, I okay. thought he was able to make it. He was I not. That was the... He oh. got away, so he's not. He didn't make it. Shoot. And so he was missed. I didn't realize just how much airspace he takes up when he's there. <laughs> when he's not there, it's, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> the guy's a madman. Um. Uh, but we still had a good time. It was uh, the normal, uh, uh, what was the name of the club field? I forgot their name. I'm sorry. Um, do you remember, Lee, what they're called? Um, Arkansas Sky Tigers? Sky Tigers, that's it, yes. Uh, again, I did it. I remembered something. <laughs> yes. Appreciation for Sky Tigers for, again, hosting the event. Uh, they had, um, on Saturday, Friday and Saturday, had, uh, they cooked lunch out there. And I think it was Saturday, they had the best baked potato casserole whatever the hell it was called that i've ever had uh even though they didn't make it they bought it but still it was good i had to ask him so what is this and he's like it's called loaded baked potato you get it at costco potato salad huh okay uh anyways i digress so anyways let me just run down a quick run things let's see i brought a bunch of planes i have both glow and electric <laughs> so i had this plane called uh it's called an x31 I believe it was made by the same guys that used to make, uh, Tom knows their names, I forgot their names, but they, at one time in Fort Worth, these guys made these molded foam planes uh, out of Deprod. Really foam-tastic models? Yeah, they were foam-tastic. And I believe they this made was... made a MiG-15 and a GB. And a, and GB, yes. Yeah. I think it was so these... I, Go ahead. Yeah. They, the MiG-15 used that old uh, GWS 50-millimeter fan with the little yeah. brush motor, right? Yeah. Motor very few planes... Cells could actually use that and these these were actually able to fly indoors at the time this was pretty amazing so i had something a lot like that but it was an x31 which was a canard pusher uh, not pusher but a jet uh, experimental vectoring jet thing and i've i flew it once or twice some years ago and it flew okay but it was a little quirky and so i decided to resurrect it and i put in a stabilized receiver in it this time to help kind of tame it down a little bit and uh, I got one flight out of it with the help of Tom launching it. The first flight sort of just settled into the grass, and so I had to, that didn't work. So I had somebody launch it for me. And, it, and when you launch it, it was weird because it gets into this, it has a working canard, and I think the canard caused a lot of drag at first, so it was sort of just mushing through the air until it picked up speed and got on step, and then it was okay. The problem is this thing has been sitting around for so long. I mean, I've literally had it for about 20 years. The, the foam was really brittle on this. I mean, it's a thin, like, one millimeter foam molded. It was just, it was held literally held together by tape and glue. And and um, and so my second flight, I launched it myself, and the receiver came loose. And it just went haywire and um, hit the ground. 
And the gyro is built in to the receiver, right? And okay. so if the receiver just bouncing around inside the the the, the, uh, the uh, fuselage, he <laughs> <laughs> just did. It just freaked out. No left. Oh wait, up down. Uh, right. Uh, go back. <laughs> yeah, it did that all within like two seconds. <laughs> That's funny because didn't the real X thirty one crash because of a control system failure, like a yes, PDO two froze over or something? Yep, it froze over and the flight computers got confused. And, so you uh, were flying scale like. Yeah, it was very scale like, including uh, the crash. Yeah. So and yeah, we can it, joke about this because the pilot did not die, right? Yeah, he ejected. Okay, good. But uh, turns out, if he had known, he could have disabled the computers and flown out of it. But uh, yeah, yeah. If he had known what was going on, um, so the the plane is totaled. It, it just shattered like glass, and it was just it just obliterated. I think I showed it to you a little bit, Lee, when you came over. <laughs> little, a little bit. <laughs> a little left of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Uh, so I went from that drama to no drama. If you remember the uh, that, that blue and yellow Aquastar to her Aquastar um, float plane yeah. I have? Yeah, you bought that recently, right? Yeah, I bought it recently at a swap meet at Scobie, as a matter of fact. Uh, Does that have a Norvell on it? It had a Norvell. So it started with a Norvell 061. And it flew, but kind of barely... And at the last year's small, I would take do a grass takeoff. And it was sort of a slow acceleration. It kind of snaked through the grass. I'd over-control it. And every time I'd do that, everybody would stop what they were doing and watch and cheer me on and, and, <laughs> and that kind of stuff. Because <laughs> it would take three-quarters of the runway to take off, and it was it was just a struggle to get in the air, and it was just kind of. And so I remotored it. I took off to 061 and put a Norvell 074 on it. And that was like a big kick in the pants. And now the thing just, you put it on the ground and it's off in about, you know, 20 feet or something like that. Really? And is, is there a difference other than just the displacement? Yeah, it screams. It's got a bigger okay. prop and it turns it a lot faster. So it's like higher compression or better carburetor or something? Well, I think it may be just some better physics being a little bigger engine and, of course, more displacement. Okay. Um, and some minor differences to the muffler. So all in all, it's just a more powerful engine. It's a little heavier, too, which is fine because I needed the nose weight anyways. Um, and it's got a lot of power. I got a prop that just barely fits without hitting the fuselage. So uh, uh, Tom remarked that that the plane wasn't as exciting anymore. It's, it has no drama to it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> He's like, put the old engine back in. It had more drama. Right. <laughs> Uh, as usual, though, lots of good stuff, lots of good variety of things. They're doing a lot of rocket launches. Uh, Richard had a launch that went behind the pits. <laughs> he had a little space shuttle thing. It was a glider, so when he launched it, it would go up, and then a the glider would pop off. Was and, it a controlled glider or free flight? Free flight. Okay. Did a couple different free flight gliders. There's a bunch of controlled rockets. One was an X-15 that was RC rocket that was flew for the first time. Um... You remember the uh, we were talking about an HP engine, that yeah, yeah, up, that really goofy that looking engine, four stroke thing, yeah. Yeah. So lo and behold, somebody was there with one of the same engine on an airplane. Cool. And because I saw, I was talking, I saw it was a Speedy B, and I saw it flying around, and I could tell the four stroke on it, but it was really pretty quiet. And I thought, like, well, I guess he's got a little OS four stroke on there. And so I, when he landed, I went up to take a look at it, and it was an HP engine. I was like, holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> so I had a nice conversation with him about you know, what he liked and disliked about the engine, what fuel he ran, that kind of stuff. So it was uh, neat to see it. And uh, 
and to see what kind of plane he was flying with it. And it was uh, just amazing with the, you know, an odd engine. I don't think I'd ever see another one. And the guy had one there and was flying it. Nice. So did that help you zero in on the kind of plane you want for yours yet? Yeah, I think I have one in my stash that it'll fly. So Okay. It'll be a reverse conversion. It'll be an electric plane that I'll put the four-stroke in to make it a gas. Ooh, a cool. Yeah, it'll be a neat, neat, neat little project. Something I just had hanging around, and I think it'd make a really good match. I saw a video of some of the free flight stuff, the uh, like flying saucers. And... Yeah, there was, there was a bunch of free flight. We had both the rubber band power. The guys at the end of the runway were flying a bunch of rubber band power. So some guy has a beautiful rubber band powered. Guy had a little Maureen Solnier. Rubber power oh, plane. Cool. It was awesome. Little, I don't know, twelve inch span or something like that. Um, he, was, he was surprised I knew what it was too. <laughs> um, and of course the cock stuff. They had the the saucer, the um, what do you call it, um, the helicopter Apache. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now speaking of old school, I'm going to have to give Kim Stricter a real shout out and kudos. Um, I came up to him. And I said, hey, you know, I'm really interested in learning a little bit more about the ins and outs of flying control line. And I, I brought a couple of cheesy control line planes. I got one that I got from, like, Sparky get, get gotten me a little plastic fantastic thing and and, and so forth. Um, and though they really weren't set up for control line this year as well as they were in previous years, they, they, you kind of had to shut off part of the runway to fly control line. Um, but Kim said, hey. Uh, you can fly my um, shoestring. Just, oh, cool. He said, yeah. She said, I'll just uh, give me some guidance on it and give me a little hand-holding for a little bit. And I'm welcome to fly his. And I said, oh, okay. And, <laughs> is that a profile <laughs> wing or built up? Uh, built up wing. I think the fuselage okay. is profile. And it's got a old Fox 35 engine on it. Oh, so this is the Goldberg shoestring. Yeah, the big one. Yeah, we used to have one of those when I was a kid. Flew it with a Fox 35. Yeah. I was like, wow, you're going to let me fly this thing? So yeah, no problem. And it had, like, the, he said, a traveling engine. So I think his engine was being traveled around the country and being used in different uh, planes and stuff. But anyways, so later that day, uh, we were able to shut down uh, part of the runway. People are, you know, settling down in the evening. Uh, we we pulled it out and cranked it up. And uh, he says, okay, I'm going to hold your hand, make sure you do this to launch it. Um, the first launch failed because it nosed over, <laughs> uh, but the second launch, we were up in the air and after about, uh, two turns or so, he says, Hey, you got it. I'm going to bow out and sit down on the ground and watch you fly it. And at which point two things that was very interesting happened. Uh, the, uh, the engine leaned out okay. more than it's supposed to. And so now I've got, I had more of a racer. <laughs> <laughs> this thing was screaming, it didn't quit, but it was it was supposed to be cycling between two and four cycles, and it was just purely two cycling, screaming. And he got, and he's like, oh, it's not supposed to be that lean, just hang on. <laughs> so I'm, I'm hanging on for dear life, this thing's just screaming around. Fortunately, I was able, I was able, had a good handle on it. I haven't flown control lines since I was a kid, all right? So I'm like, I hope I don't screw this up. And at one point, I kind of did. I flamed when I should have flammed, and I briefly got into a pilot-induced oscillation, and it was going up and down, and I, I heard Tim Kim say something to me, but I can't remember what he said, uh, but at that point, I just sort of just kind of froze for a second to, to settle myself, and then I got back into into the groove. 
And of course, the lean engine means it runs longer. Right. So <laughs> I'm spinning around this thing, and at one point I asked him, I was like, how long do I have? <laughs> He's like, ah, I think you got another couple of minutes. <laughs> so I was worried I was going to get dizzy, and I turned out I didn't, but I was, you know, I haven't done this in a long time, and, you know, I'm a little older now, so I was like, oh, I hope I don't kill this thing. Uh, but I didn't. Ended up having a good time. It was, I just kind of went around the circle. I didn't do anything fancy. I kind of, um, um, you know, went up and down a little bit, just got the feel of the elevator, just kind of hanged on, flew low, flew a little bit high, just to get the feel. And I knew when it quit to sort of pull on it a little bit, keep the land tension and kind of land it. So I did a okay landing with it, nothing fancy, but, uh, but still it was a really good, good experience to fly control line for the first time in a long, long, long time. I really give a kudos to Kim for let me entrusting me with his plane <laughs> for not destroying it. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I'm glad you got to do that. Yeah, so am I. Yeah, it was a good experience. I had a lot of fun. I can see where it's a little, it'd be really entertaining. I'd like to, I had, like I said, I have something similar that I got at a estate sale, so I'm going to try to fix it up and maybe fly that too and maybe learn to do some fancy stuff with it. Just for giggles. All right, cool. Uh, let me do a quick rundown. Let's see. Uh, the vendor, Willie Nillies, was there. and He was flying a whole bunch of neat, small little stuff. Uh, he had the neatest thing. He had um, a little gentle lady. I, f- I forgot what he what exactly was called. But basically, it's a scaled-down gentle lady, almost like a hand-launched gentle lady. And him and another guy developed a little power pod for it that used vacuum form sides and a little motor. And it was the neatest little thing uh, that you can stick on a mini gentle lady to have a powered gentle lady. Kind of like like the old sophisticated lady had this power pod for it. It was really neat. I ended up picking one up for a friend of mine. I think he'd really like it. It was just a really neat design. Uh, and he had some more 3D printed faux engines including some radial ones now that look like a cox radial engine uh let's see what else um uh you remember my elf i i pieced back my elf to get back together after the beach incident is that a discus launch yeah discus launch yeah but i didn't apparently i didn't rebuild it strong enough because on the first hard throw it just disintegrated (laughs) (laughs) The, the tail just broke it. And you're like, oh, man. Because <laughs> I was all excited because it looked like a good thermal day. And I was like, all right, I'm going to fly this thing. And no, uh, no, I got to go back and fix it again. Uh, so a few off things. Let's see. I ended up picking up a House of Balsa P47 kit some guy was selling. Oh, how big is that? Oh, what those things are? 30-something inches? 36-inch span, something like that. Oh, uh, okay, so half-A size. Yeah, half-A, yeah. They're, they're meant okay. to fly in half-A's or speed 500, whatever, electrics. Uh, but it was neat to see a little P-47 kit. I figured I'd pick it up. It was, guy gave me a good price on it. All right. Uh, Razorback or Bubble? It's the Bubble. Okay. Yeah, it's the Bubble. Which is okay, because I think my other one's a Razorback. The big, no, one I built for... Anyways, uh, not too much else. Uh, we just we had a good time flying some stuff. I pulled out another oldie but goodie. It's a Canadair CF105. It's a um, uh, flat plate all balsa wood kit that I built some years ago, and I kind of resurrected that, and that flew really good. I had a good time with that. Hold on, back up. What is it? A Canadair CF105. C- oh, oh, okay. The this was fighter. the failed. 
the arrow, right? The arrow, arrow. Yes, okay. the poor arrow. Um, it was a nice little wood kit with a flat plate wing, which is kind of odd, but it actually flies really good. Um, right. Is that electric I, or nitro? Electric. It's got a little pusher okay. on it. Um, I also had, got a chance to really ring out the uh, the UMX A10, the V2 I mentioned mm, I think, right. last time I picked up. Yeah. That will be a review in Park Pilot, I believe. And uh, that's a nice, I think you have one, right, Terry? Nope. I've got the um, Citation, oh. which I thought was a similar power system. It also runs on 3S, but it may not be. I think these are slightly bigger fans. This is a 30 millimeter. Okay. Citation I'm not sure what mine is. Okay. Uh, it's a fun plane. It's got, it's way overpowered, and it's, it's I've been having a ball with it. Nice little, nice little. There was a couple other ones there, but I don't remember seeing them flying that much. I flew mine quite a bit. I did some grass takeoffs. You can stick it in the grass without the wheels and just slide it off the grass. Hmm. Uh, got a little plane. Plus, it has telemetry now in it, which is really nice. So I can fly until the thing starts beeping at me and I know it'll land instead of a blank timer. So that's nice. That the... Oh, so you set up alerts with a voltage alarm? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do you set your alarm? Uh, it depends on the plane. I think. Uh, for that one, I think I settled at about 3.5 volts per cell. Okay. And it might seem a little low, but under load, um, that seems to be a good point before it starts. Because I can fly that one at lower throttle. It can, I can zip around. In fact, I think I've eked a 10-minute flight out of it, just putt-putting around with it at one point. What size battery does it use? Uh, 3-cell 850. Things not heard often, putt-putting around with my A10. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's just pretty speedy so even if you throttle back it moves along at a pretty good clip uh so terry i saw you had you did a review of the paraglider i did the hacker para rc cloud 1.5 yeah so there was a guy there that had one of those mm-hmm. and he had a heck of a time getting that thing up in the air <laughs> really and in fact i had to, i went out and tried to help him out a little bit too we finally finally got it but it's one of the problems he seemed to be having is the throttle management because he sort of would launch it and he'd gun the throttle and the thing would just kind of poke itself yeah. up into the sky and stall. And you got to be a little easy on the throttle. Yeah, it's a big uh, pendulum. Yeah, and I think that so, was the biggest problem. Yeah, that's one of the things that I mentioned in my article is that it's sensitive to quick throttle changes. So it's not a difficult aircraft to fly yeah. once you figure that part out. So yeah, he eventually, tell- got, he eventually did get it up in the air well enough to fly it around and stuff so he did get it but it, the first launches getting the the chute la- uh, filled up and it really t- the first few seconds of getting it launched was the hardest for him yeah there um, are a few critical items that once you figure out that the rest is pretty easy yeah but tell him to watch my video because i cover all that stuff <laughs> not that <laughs> well, it helps him now well it's too late now well, yeah your video came out after <laughs> yeah. you should have called me oh yeah there's something else I was looking. Oh, okay. So you know Paul Paul Willenberg? Yeah, sure. Uh, okay, so he had a plane. I forgot what it was. No, it doesn't have a name. It's his own design. It was like a sort of a mini glider thing, electric powered. That's He said basically flew at some of the first small steps 30 years ago. Uh, and he brought it out. And uh, he asked me to launch it for him. And I launched it and... Um, I think I, I think I took a couple pictures of it as it was flying around. It was kind of a neat thing, just sort of a, just a three-channel 
not even a warm lighter, just sort of a fun glider-ish kind of thing. And so he flew around, and all of a sudden you hear a pop. And you see that the wings are no longer attached to the fuselage. Oh, that's important. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> and so this thing just does a lawn dart into the ground. Uh, and so I run over there to help him recover it. I got, I actually got to it before he did. I had some big shoes and stuff. Cause I, and I could hear it because it was a brush motor in it. I think he had an old Astroflight motor in the thing. Oh, no. And so you can still kind of hear it kind of just kind of tricking away. And it was, it had, this was after it rained a bit. And it was, the ground was soft. And so this thing embedded itself in the ground a good six inches. And when I pulled it out, Paul said he could hear it a thunk from 10 feet away. <laughs> I pulled it out of the ground. <laughs> the sucking sound? <laughs> the sucking sound out of the ground. And miraculously, it was relatively undamaged. The prop was broke and some superficial damage on a fuselage. But it basically survived. It was pretty amazing because he was a couple of hundred feet up when it hit. Except for that whole wing thing. Except for the whole wing, yeah. The wing was, of course, not damaged. There was nothing attached to the wing. There's no ailerons. Uh, so <laughs> you got really lucky. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Uh, if it's going to happen, that's a good way for it to happen. Yeah, yeah. I think he didn't have enough rubber bands on it or something like that. So anyways, uh, so small was a pretty good success. There was some, some nice stuff, some pretty good uh, raffles. Uh, oh, very... Hold on, back up a second. So the wing just came off? Yeah, I just... thought the way you described it, the wing broke and then came off. Oh, no, so it, it came, came down off on completely. one piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rubber used bands the original broke. rubber bands. I guess from 30 years ago, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so, as usual, I had a good time. Uh, it was nice to nice nice drive up there, hang out with some guys. It was a really low-key, relaxing event. Uh, as usual, see some neat stuff. Um to fly around it, it's always a really eclectic and an unusual event uh tom was talking about making it even more unusual next year uh, with a theme some sort of um oddball aircraft theme or something like that so you may look for that in the future speaking my language yeah yeah he said he wanted to model after some event in germany i think that specialized in oddball aircraft Oh, okay. So I'm counting on you to make a glow-powered half-A parallax. Hmm. <laughs> I think I like that idea. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you could probably remotor yours. You just have to fuel-proof it somehow. Yeah. All right. I don't know. What is your mission? My mission is to make a half-A parallax. Okay. Maybe the yin-yang. Two oh four nines. That's pushing your luck. Uh, all right, so that was isn't free for the most part. I came home, uh, and of course, immediately I was off on vacation to Reno, Nevada. And um, yeah, I think in our last show, I asked if anybody was in the area or somebody to, to email us or anything like that, and nobody emailed us. And after <laughs> getting there, I saw why. <laughs> uh, Reno's a neat place; never been there before. Some very scenic, Lake Tahoe's nearby. We got to visit there. Uh, so I spent some time also, we jotted over into San Francisco, uh, which is just a four hour drive. So we spent overnight and while I was there, I decided to visit a couple of hobby stores in the area. Uh, you saw the guy, you saw the pictures. One was in, um, uh, I don't know the name. How can I forget the name? Well, one was right outside of San Francisco. 
which was mainly plastic bottles, although I did find a plastic bottle I've been looking for for some time. San Jose, Yeah, Oakland. in the San Jose area. Yeah, I forgot exactly what town it is, but right outside of San Jose in, in Oakland. Um, and the other one was in Sacramento. Now I remember it. And that had a really neat full full bore hobby store, RC, plastic models, cars, boats, really, really good hobby shop. Huge inside called uh, RC um, Universe, I believe it was called. No. High Country? High R- R- RC Country? Or RC something? Country. That's it. RC yeah, Country. Okay. Yeah, uh, and I found some neat little goodies in there as well, but that was a really impressive in, in size going in there. Um, and so I kind of feel bad for the people who live in Reno, if you're a modeler. Uh, <laughs> there was, I would look for the hobby stores, I found one, and it was only RC cars. They had a nice, it was a nice shop, it had a nice big track inside for racing, and those seemed to be pretty popular. They had like one token airplane sitting up on a shelf somewhere that was built. And, uh, and apparently there was another hobby store in town, but it had closed relatively recently, best I could tell, because I asked a few people. And then another thing. So I said, okay, well, maybe I'll find a, the flying sites nearby and see if I can find somebody there and um, ask them about hobby stores or just kind of hit them up, I did a search, and I found what looked like a really, really nice RC flying field just north of Reno, um, about a 20-minute drive from where we were staying. Mm-hmm. And so I said, okay, well, let's see if I can go up there. And uh, the people that we were staying with were kind enough to say, yeah, we'll drive you up there. And so I just plugged in the thing on GPS, and we just away we went uh, until we got to dirt roads. <sighs> I'm like, where are we? You have arrived. <laughs> After, well, no, there's more. <laughs> so we go, it was, most of the way was nice, and then we turn off and go to some side streets, and then we go on this, like, dirt road, literally a dirt road. It was, it was graveled in dirt, and you see some people with off-roaders, and we keep going, and a guy's like, you know, I think this is an Indian reservation. And, and I, well, okay, well, we're following the GPS, and we get about three miles away, and on this dirt road, and we see a big sign. And you probably know the sign I'm talking about. Oh, now I do, yeah. Yes, you saw the sign I posted on our Facebook page. The sign says, oh, you're on Indian Reservation. And I know, by the way, due to COVID, it's closed. Turn around. You're not welcome you're getting, here. You're not welcome. Your kind is not welcome here. You're getting trouble. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> uh, so at that point, I was like, oh, okay, well. Uh, I guess I'll just give up and I'll turn around. I don't want to make any trouble being a visitor. Um, and so we turned around and that was a, it was a bust. But, you know, when we got back after a while, I think the next day I thought, you know, maybe I should go to their website, see what they say. Because I didn't go to the website, I just looked it up. Um, and on the website it says, yeah, they're, technically they're closed being on reservation, but if you say you're there for the model airplanes, you get... It's not an issue. You get a waiver, so to speak. If you have an, oh. So there's a code word. Yeah, they have an <laughs> a, a agreement with the Indian Reservation that if you're... <laughs> Johnny sent me. And they also say, oh, yeah, and by the way, there's another way around there that avoids most of the dirt road. You still have about a mile of dirt road, but if you want... <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, dang it, why didn't I look at the webpage first? Yeah. Uh, so, because the field... What the hell are you? What's that? Never mind. Go ahead. No. Well, anyway, so maybe next we plan on going back out for a visit again, maybe next year or something. So next time I go out, I'll take a look. Um, but it looked like a really, really nice flying field, and uh, um, 
it's it's too bad I missed out on that. But it it literally looks like for such a for a place that has such a lot of space and and a growing city, growing a lot apparently, that there's really not much for RC modeling out there. Yeah, I was a little bit disappointed. And I'm a little bit surprised because Reno is an airplane city, right? With the air races there. Yeah, yeah. The air races apparently had some balloon races there, and it's and it's not a small city anymore. It's actually growing quite a bit. Um, so I don't know what's you know. Uh, anyways, uh, but still, it was nice, nice out there. You should ask our buddy Dan Craig. He goes to Reno every year, right? Does he? I don't. And know. he kind of likes airplanes. Ah, uh, should have. I didn't think to ask him. Yeah. He would know where to go. Oh. Or Red Jensen. Or Red, yeah. yeah I didn't think that's those guys. I thought that's Dan or something. Okay. Well, for next time. Okay. Uh, so well, did you bring any toys home? I'm sorry, Lee, go ahead. No, no, hold on one second. Hold on. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, What was that, Terry? I asked you if you brought any toys home. Mm, not really. Just a little plastic model I picked up. And okay. uh, some odds and ends. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, well, uh, well there's no... Yeah, that was it. It's kind of hard to logistics of bringing stuff back. I didn't want to uh, bring up too much, so... Yeah. All right. Did you have a question, Lee? Negative. Okay. So you guys have both only been back for a few days, from what I understand. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you're still getting settled in. <laughs> Lee, have you even unpacked the Suburban yet? Oh, I've been home for more than a week, buddy. Uh, well, <laughs> I guess, yeah, we were at Edgewater just over a week ago. Yeah, mm. and my truck is officially unpacked now that I've dropped off <laughs> the Val. <laughs> <laughs> Except the stuff under the seats that you haven't recognized yet. Well, I just got to find the wheels. <laughs> <laughs> Where did I put the wheels? Yeah. Try some try some slow stick wheels for now, Fitz. Slow stick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, see what else I, uh, we have had busy, but you know what, guys? We're not done yet because what Fitz hasn't talked about what? was the FFFOF. <gasps> the FFFOF? The, the FFFOF. The Fuff. The Fuff. The Fuff. Well, Fuff us up, You got more to talk about. <laughs> fuff us up. Fuff. The Fuff. <laughs> what the Fuff? <laughs> Would you call me? Uh, okay, so the was it the Fitz's fantastic flotilla of fun? That's it. Did I get it right? Okay. Yep. So it's our the boat event that I host here, RC model boats here in uh, South Houston, and we had yet another meet. You did not advertise this one. Uh, I guess I didn't. Didn't need to. We had a lot of people show up. All right. It was uh, Lee came down. Thanks, Lee, for coming down all the way from the hinterlands. Uh, so. We, <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people showed up. We uh, it was a little interesting meet this time. The weather actually, the weather was kind of threatening the first for a couple of days before the event, and then uh, we had a tropical depression, I guess, that kind of veered off and uh, pulled all the muck away from it with it, and had a nice sunny, if not a bit warm day. Uh, it was the winds were supposed to be higher. They were predicting higher winds. They were a little lower than expected, but it was still enough to go around the buoys slowly. Uh, plus the Level was a little higher than usual, so nobody had any problems getting their sailboats in the water. 
Uh, is that usually an issue? Sometimes it is. Like the, not the problem deep with this enough pond, for the keel. Yeah, the problem with this little pond is that since it's man-made, there's a uh, a sort of a shelf, the first ten feet out. That's only a foot and a half deep or so. I think that's for safety reasons, so kids, if they fall in, they don't drown. Um, and then it falls off sharply after that. But sometimes if, it, if it's a little low, people who have problems with the keels, if they have a long keel. Uh, so, uh, anyways, so we, uh, I, and I had to replace some buoy for the one I lost last time. <laughs> <laughs> so it's out there somewhere. It's still Just a buried, submerged sunk somewhere. Uh, so we had a really good showing this time. Um, we had a few people, a few new, bunch of new faces, a couple old faces I hadn't seen in a while. Uh, so we had a really good mix of power boats, sailboats, scale, non-scale, um, uh, destroyers. I brought out a couple of my submarines as well, some airboats, uh, a bunch of speedboats. Uh, so we really had a good mix of stuff. Everybody got along pretty well. Uh, Lee was that your tugster I saw, Lee? Yes, Lee, yeah. earned, Lee earned his keep retrieving you, boats. More rescues? All right. Four. Was it four? Yeah, I had wow. four rescues. Nice. Uh, what was but neat? still no FPV. I, I did not get the FPV done. Sorry. Oh, I know. I felt bad. And then I told people I was working on, they go, oh, that would have been so cool, but I didn't. So, And not only would it be helpful, but I think it would make for some really cool video. Yeah. So you should put the, the FPV cam and also like a, a GoPro in there to get some high it, it was just sitting there. I just didn't finish it. You know, Camp AMA. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I'll just complain about anything. But yes, I will get that done. All right. Well, Fitz has to make a glow parallax. You have to make your FPV retrieval boat. Roger, roger. All right, carry on. Okay. Uh, see what else. Uh, so Nathan is back in town, so he showed up. Oh, good. His family, and uh, wait, he lives there now, or he's yeah, he's mo- he moved back from Beaumont, I think it was. Now he's yeah. back in Houston. Okay. Yeah, he's okay. up in Spring now. All right. So he came down with his family, some of his family, and he brought a a boat. I forget what he brought. A sailboat. And yeah, he brought a, a Vic. He brought a Victoria. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, interesting enough. Um, so the local hobby store here, Samano's, was sold, and the new owner apparently is big into boats. He's a big boat guy, and so he showed up with some boats and introduced himself to the other people and had a conversation with him. He's trying to bring in uh, a more variety of boats for the shop as well. So uh, he was able to kind of scout scout out what people were floating and get some ideas and that kind of stuff. So that was uh, nice of him to show up. Um, Is it still called Samanos? Yes. He's keeping the name. All right. Good. Did you happen to hear what he he was talking behind you at one point, Fitz? I think you were working on your sub. And I think if I remember correctly, he was talking about uh, the only problem with Samanos is he had only one of everything. I want four of everything. (laughs) 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 That was cool. I mean, yeah. he seemed like a nice guy. He was talking with a lot of people there. It was the yeah. new owner that said that? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's his money, so yeah, he can make so it happen. Seems to be really energetic to get to get uh, boats and cars and planes. He says he's still going to keep a lot of the plane stuff and try to make sure that's well-stocked as well. So hopefully he'll, he can do good. Uh, I didn't get a head count. I don't know if you did, Lee, but it was it was a good, really good showing. 
Um, I think anything else. It was neat. I took out a submarine that I hadn't brought out there before, a little plastic model conversion of a Soviet typhoon. Uh, think Hunt for Red October. Mm-hmm. That, that one of those. Um, and this is one that the just, one in the video? Yeah. Okay. That one actually is more sophisticated than the bigger one because it actually has or had a working uh, ballast pump in it. So we can do static diving. Uh, but it had been sitting for so long, the pump was not working right. Something seized up in the mechanism, so it wasn't quite right. But it was still good enough to do as a dynamic diver, so it actually ran pretty good. I was surprised how well it ran. It ran a little better than the German sub I was trying to get ready. There was that one time, though, you had got underwater, and we looked, and we were waiting, and we were waiting, and we were waiting. And I was like, well, that's the last place I saw it. And I think you just let go of the controls, and it showed up like five feet somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's got just enough possibility. If you back off the throttle, it'll pop back up. So, yeah, and it was it, you're like, where is it? Where is it? And it pops up, and it's not where you think it's going to be. Oh, speaking of that, then there was my uh, my um, Oxidian uh, Mini Dom, yeah. which I, I for a minute I thought I lost because it. How was, did you lose that? Well, it was zipping along quite nicely, and then it flipped over, and I don't know what it did—backflip, do a triple somersault, and then it went underwater. <laughs> yeah, and didn't come back up. Oh, f- for like two minutes. And that one's got the hole where it'll flip back over by itself? Yes, but it did okay. a nice submarine, and it was, I was like, oh, crap. Because it normally pops up, but it didn't, and it didn't, and it didn't. I'm like, oh, no, don't tell me I lost this boat, too. And I kind of walked over, and maybe I played with the throttle a little bit, and then eventually it popped back up again. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I drove it back and pulled it out of the water, and it was a bunch of water in the hull. So there was a leak. Well, I found out what the leak was. And the nose was dirty. So I think it embedded itself in the mud or something. Uh, the giant squid that was holding on to it. Yeah. Let it go. Um, but when I pulled it out and dropped all the water out, I noticed that the antenna fitting was loose. And so I think it leaked through that antenna fitting. It's a little hole. Uh, so I want to make sure that's nice and tight and fixed up next time. And and I, I added some foam now to the inside the hole to, for flotation. Huh. But uh, that reminds me, uh, I had another boat that's kind of like that mini Dom. This was um, whatever Horizons brand was. What was that? Aqua something? Oh, Aqua man. Star? Aqua? No. Star darn it. Anyway, I had a little uh, V hole single motor thing from them. And that sucker was fast. Um, but the first time I took it out, I made a mistake and the had a cooling line. So it's got a pickup on the bottom and then it goes through a a coil around the motor and then spits the motor out the back. So it's a water-cooled engine or motor. And I neglected to hook up the line on the inside. So on the first lap I took around the lake, it's the pickup was working just fine, but it's just <laughs> dumping all that water in the hull. Yeah. And I got around one time, I'm like, man, it's sitting kind of low in the water. And I got it back over to the shore just in time. And <laughs> quickly figured out what I had done wrong. Oh, yeah. yeah, it filled up fast. I had a I had a big boat that did that one time when I first got to put the drain plug back in. <laughs> I was like, there sure is a lot of water right there. Holy smokes! <laughs> I've done that with a real boat before. So. That's what I'm saying. My real boat. Oh. I saw saw water coming out of places that it shouldn't have. <laughs> I had to shove a towel down there and bring the boat back on the shore. It was crazy. 
Yeah, the, the mini dom is fun but because it's so kind of just on the edge of being unstable. Uh, so you can get it going really fast, and you hit some waves just right. It'll just do all kinds of weird stuff and just just go crazy. But it's really fast for its size. Yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, other than that, uh, if anybody's listening that's uh, went, uh, thanks, guys, for showing up. It's a great event. If Go anybody ahead. is still listening. If anybody's still <laughs> listening. Did we, did we tell you this is going to be a special? Yeah. We're a special? <laughs> We've been very busy. Did, did you take your pee break? <laughs> did you push pause? We're hey, still you know what? record. I was going to say, because guess what I have in my hot little hands for those who have waited this long? Huh, what are you giving away You're this giving time? Away? This episode sponsored by the Academy of Model Aeronautics. Ooh. Oh, cool. All right. What do you got? And you have, you both of you have one of the blings that I I gave to you that I'm also giving away to a, a listener. Is a new listener, you can't. Stickers? Yeah, it's two stickers. I got nice. uh, I got an old school AMA sticker, the shiny chrome gold and so forth. But I also have a Society of Aircraft Demolishers member. Sad. Nice. <laughs> Aircraftus <Yeah>. fragmentum. <laughs> That's what it says. So I got that. Plus, I also got out of the kindness of their heart an AMA hat. Oh, cool. I didn't so, get one of those. You did not get one of those. You got my love and appreciation. All right. That's more valuable. So, we will have a giveaway. So the for those of you who are still with us, and you have to be a new winner for new people, uh, email us, contact at rcroundtable.com. The subject line is AMA giveaway or Lee's AMA giveaway. <laughs> How's that? Do they have yes. to answer a question? No, they just need to. If they if they emailed us, that means they listened to this episode. That's good enough for me. Oh come on! <laughs> what you you make up the question? Go. <laughs> How many airplanes did Fitz take to small? Does Fitz even know the answer? <laughs> yeah, <probably not. laughs> I don't think I know the answer to that. <laughs> Or okay. we could ask, how many planes did we stuff into Lee's Suburban after our f- visit to well, Flight Fest? We don't know that answer either. I, I could figure that out. <laughs> it's like, how many jelly beans in the jar? <laughs> you could just make up a number. How's that? But there, there were planes you didn't actually see, Terry. There were some in the back seat that you didn't look at. So there were way more planes still. Oh, yeah. I digress. We're not, we're not going to make you jump through hoops. Just uh, we'll pick a user at random. Contact rcroundtable.com. Lee's AMA giveaway. I have a really cool AMA hat and two stickers for you. Okay, so, hold on. Here's the condition. Uh-oh. If, if you go. don't include your mailing address with your entry. Yeah, by the way. That's, no bueno. That, that happened again. <laughs> the last winner didn't do that. So, yeah, make sure when you enter, you put in your contact information, not just an email with a blank text and subject line. <laughs> so, um, that's it. So, yay, you made it this this far. That's the giveaway. Unless yeah. there's anything else you guys want to give away. <laughs> no, I'm good for now. Thanks. I, Plywood Overcast. Yeah, I've given away plenty this week. <laughs> so well, we have... I was speaking of the stickers, though, I decorated my work computer with it, and it it's lovely. So thank you. Oh, Lee. the sad <laughs> sticker or the AMA sticker? Um, the sad <laughs> sticker one on my laptop, and the AMA sticker one on my portfolio. So right. yes. Did you put it anywhere? Fitz? Where did you stick it, Fitz? Where did you stick it, Fitz? Yeah. I haven't stuck anything, anything anywhere. Oh, oh gosh, I did. Uh, you know what? I forgot to mention in the AMA camp episode. One of the kids came up to me and said, hey, you got a thunder and lightning. 
Oh, you know what I it was? was? Like, I was like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, kid. Let me tell you a story. <laughs> no, that was neat. He did. And he also was a, a listener. And in fact, he was also a winner of a prize one time. Oh, wow. How's that for crazy? Oh, yeah, one perfect. of the kids? Yeah. We don't have some. Uh, he won the fuel tank. He won the fuel tank. No. Oh, interesting. That's cool. It is cool. So, so kids so, listen to our go. show? Kids listen to our show. Oh, we're we're not expl- uh, expletive, right? The E. We don't have you no know, E rating on ours. Not <laughs> typically. Our you guys have slipped out a couple of. Uh, uh, a a poo poo head. A dippity <laughs> damn do. <laughs> Something yeah. like that. I don't think so. I mean, yeah, we're going to have to bleep some of the earlier stuff here today. Oh, on purpose. Okay. Oh, speaking of, do we have another uh, care package to send out to a friend in need? Oh, we do. Our our uh, buddy Tomas with Legend Hobby. When y'all were talking about, it, I completely forgot. He's he's in the hospital. He's he's not feeling well. So a shout out to our buddy Tomas. Yeah. Hope you're feeling that, better. That, buddy. Let me tell you about Tomas. Let me tell you how this guy is. Legend Hobby guys. Legendhobby.com. I needed parts for one of Austin's airplanes. Give him something to do this summer. So I'm I ordered parts or actually I here's how it worked out. I was just texting Tomas that I needed some servos and a motor for Austin's RV. Like a couple of hours later I get an email in my, you know, personal email that says a box has been packaged and she's coming your way. I was like, <laughs> are you kidding me? I was like, <laughs> that's how fast he works. But he actually got the message in, in the hospital bed, so I gave him something to do. <laughs> so I was like, I mean, hopefully he's okay because he's just, you know, sitting up watching the soaps or whatever. But that was very nice of him to do that for me. So that'll get uh, Austin busy. And uh, tomorrow, <laughs> Austin's going to have his wisdom teeth pulled. So mm. he'll be kind of dead this week. So... Um, Maybe that'll just let him settle. He'll have his new DX9. He'll get to finish his RV8, hopefully with the, the parts I'm getting. And there you go. All right. Are you going to record his post-op uh, anesthesia <laughs> recovery? I, I'm not going to be that mean. I don't okay. want to do that. I Poor right. kid. I've, I've been there. Yeah, me too. Not fun. Yeah, the funny part was they didn't have me sign the paperwork until after. I was in my 20s when I got my wisdom teeth taken out. But, yeah, they. I was still loopy on anesthesia when I signed all the paperwork. <laughs> The payments. <laughs> you can have you sign anything. Huh? Yeah. Anyway. All Any right. last messages, Fitzaruni? Anything uh, coming up besides the Scoby swap meet? What did we say? July tenth was that it? I think it was. Give me two seconds. Uh, click, July tenth. Yes. July tenth. Uh, July seventeenth. I think also at Scoby is a Warbird event. Oh, is that the Warbird event? Okay. So well, I'm going to try to make some of that. I'm, And then, of course, at the end of July, I'm making another trek to Oshkosh. So. Oh, you? All right. More miles. Yeah. The family. That's a whole family trip this time. All right. Good. We'll expect a full report. But I think I'll have Fitz drive so we can get there in one day. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I hey, roll. Um, you know, I... I think you'll probably run into people there. I think David Hart is going to be there. Yeah, I saw that. Well, I don't know if I mentioned this too, but we'll be working. Me and the boys are going to be running the AMA uh, flight ah. simulator booth ah, really thing cool. trailer. We, we keep talking about having to give it a name. but So, yeah, we'll be doing that. And I made this tongue-in-cheek joke that during the fun fly at Muncie, I'll be doing the... <laughs> the Oshkosh Fun Fly in front of the EAA Museum. So I think each of the 
we'll we'll bring maybe one or two planes each. We're not going to bring a lot to mm-hmm. to go fly out there because we're just going to be so busy with the whole other event. And yeah, there you go. So, but that's that's another. We'll hopefully have please at least two more podcasts before that takes place. Okay, we're good. Yeah, have fun. And I'm if anybody out there listening is going to be at Oshkosh, finally at the AMA trailer and say hi. Maybe I'll uh, get some stickers before we leave. There some you more go. Stickers. I don't even. I think I'm out of stickers. Can you believe that? Um, I've, just been, I've been sticking them on random cars. <laughs> <laughs> Trace them back. Free to marketing. You. Yeah. So no, no, no. I'll just get some more. I'll call Callie. Well, already then. Have some giveaway bling, and you know maybe I'll do a live show. And you know, <laughs> you know what? I I gotta find it. But uh, this is a. This is kind of silly, but when I went to Oshkosh, my buddy Terry was talking to me on the phone, and I had I don't know how the question started, but it was talking about trim tabs. Oh, right. <laughs> and we, we were it, it for some reason it kind of got debated. I don't know why, but we were like kind of getting heated on on what plane has trim elevator trim tabs or not. Whatever the case was, I decided to make it a point to go photograph trim tabs at that point, <laughs> and <laughs> I did. Your trim tab and then collection. I made, I did, and then Terry just jokingly, when he said this, like that's the worst calendar ever, and so I made him a calendar of trim tabs. <laughs> <laughs> is it still on your your refrigerator? It or is. Door it back is there? a 2017 calendar, but it is still on my fridge. <laughs> <laughs> the trim tabs of Oshkosh. Yep. Is that right? Yep, that's <laughs> so it. I have to come up with the next calendar of Oshkosh. Uh, wheels? <laughs> the wheel hubs. Wheels, yeah. spinners, Those cones. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Antenna. Antenna, yeah. I, you know what? That that could be the, the Q&A or the, the question for the, the contest. You know, we'll pick the, the funniest, you know, calendar, Oshkosh calendar <laughs> parts. <laughs> the <laughs> chocks of Oshkosh. <laughs> The oil the ch- leaks. Oh gosh, I love that. That's actually a great. <laughs> you can't win though. You can't play. <laughs> Chocks of Oshkosh. Um, let me do one more thing before we hang up here. You know, guys, uh, to our listeners, thank you so much. And we know we've we've been behind. And uh, actually, a couple of people have asked. You know, how come? You know, we haven't heard you. How come you are taking so long to get up? We apologize. Or I'm making the other two apologize. I've been ready to do it. You know, since I got back. And we did get an email from a Ron Struss and he mentioned that, you know, in an earlier podcast, we asked for ideas, you know, guests to have, and I won't go through the whole email, but he had mentioned several people, uh, Pat Trittle, which I think would be great. Yep. Oh yeah. Mark Ritting, Ritting, Rittinger. Mark Ringer, yeah. Rittinger. Rittinger. There we go. I yeah. thought it was a G. Uh, Jim Ryan, Rich Urovich, and Keith. Some guy named Keith Sparks. Anybody know that guy? <laughs> Yeah. And in fact, I'm going to do a shout out of Keith, if you're listening, it has been too long and I know your schedule has been busy and I know you've been working on projects, but we need to get you back on the show. We need you back. So maybe we'll try to get you for 132. See if you can find us some, some time to get back on the show with us. Tell us how you're doing. Uh, but it's a good, it's a good email and I'll p- post some of the questions or we'll, we'll bring this up in 132, but thank you, uh, Ron, for sending this to us and we will, we'll address this. We're going to, I'm going to. Share with the other guys, and we'll try to tackle some of these. Yeah. Okay, sounds like a plan. I agree. So, yes. now, speaking of calendars... And <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, as much as the three of us take pictures throughout the year, 
now's the time we should start thinking if we want to do a 2022 RC Roundtable calendar. Oh. Of places we've been? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, well, I have AMA Camp, I have Oshkosh, and Fitz and I will have Best, hopefully. Where do you have, Terry? Will you be at uh, Neat? I'll, I should have Neat. Uh, maybe I'll have something from Flight Fest, which, or, yeah, yeah, Flight Fest, which is in a couple weeks. Uh, and who knows what else I'll go to. But, yeah, well, uh, it's, I think between the three of us, we can come up with 12 decent model airplane photos. Alrighty. So something to think about. How much would you pay for an RC roundtable calendar? Do people use paper calendars still? I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, you, but you have mine on display, so that means something. Right. Yeah, it's still uh, artistic. And then our buddy Raymond sent us that other calendar recently that had um, a bunch of photos, including one that he took. And that's next to my work desk, so that's a calendar I actually use. So I don't oh, know if cool. I'm just old-fashioned, but I still find calendars useful. That's another question. Anybody out there, do, do, if we made a calendar, would it be something you'd be interested in? <laughs> so I bought a calendar, I think, early this year. Okay. Because I like the artwork. It's called Ships in a Line, and it's all Star Trek-based spaceships that people have done um, either see CGI or traditional artwork, many times from people who actually worked on the show. Oh, cool. So it's some really neat stuff. And, and, and yeah, I don't need it. I have a, a phone, but it just, I just really like the artwork. Hmm. All right. So, so there's hope for us. Yeah. We can make like <laughs> five bucks off of sales. Yeah. Help support uh, RC Roundtable with a calendar. <sighs> when are we going to be famous? Is that what you're after? You're in the wrong yeah. business, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just focus on the calendar. There you go. But I would argue that you are famous because your shiny mug is on the AMA's uh, YouTube page. Oh, I'm yeah. in famous. Channel. Yeah, infamous, whatever. I'm infamous. But yeah, you've got a I am the AMA bit. I, I I guess I didn't. Yeah. Uh, did y'all y'all know it's in the magazine, right? Uh, that was going to ask. So the video is out, and the videos tend to precede the articles. So you're in the next I am, issue? Yes, I'm, I'm okay. in this issue. Yeah, I haven't seen All the right. next issue yet, but I did see the video. I, I made it. I was very generous of him. <laughs> you have arrived. And that's usually on the back cover or inside yep. cover? Inside okay. cover, yeah. Inside the back All cover, right. yeah. So open up your model aviation. The one, the issue I haven't received yet. It's like, yeah, neither it. have I. <laughs> so I hope it comes in. But yeah. yeah. Congratulations, buddy. It's got a, got a picture of me and my boys yeah. with a wing of, that my dad built, my dad and I built. Cool. Good. And I enjoyed and, watching your video because I wasn't there when you recorded it. I mean, we were all there, but I didn't watch you say all that stuff. So it was fun to hear. I mentioned you guys. Did y'all mention me? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I plugged our show. <laughs> to be honest, I never watched my interview. Oh, you so, did? Yeah, oh. I don't like watching myself on video. Yours was the first one to come out. Strangely. Yeah, because yeah, you know, I will watch the the review videos that I make because I have to, but you know, typically those <laughs> interview type things, I, I don't like watching. So I'm funny that way. You know what you need to go watch again, though, is our show for AMA Expo West when we interviewed the four, fab, the fabulous four. That's a, yeah. that's a fun show. I'd like yeah. to, I would love to get back up with those guys again. I'm, I miss my buddy Chris. He chats with me every now and then, but I'd like to see him again soon. Chris Wolf? Yep. Yeah. 
So yeah, that was an all-star panel. Yeah, it was. So Red Jensen, Chris Wolf, Dan Craig, and was that it? No, there's one more. Who am I forgetting? Mason. Mason. Sorry, Mason. I was going to say, I was trying to get it out, Mason. I know who you were. (laughs) Mad Mad Mason. And um, did you see the uh, Happy Father's Day video? Yeah, I shared it on our Facebook page. You did. I was about to, and then I'm not kidding you. When it came out, when I saw it, I was like, darn you. I was like, I was about to do it. (laughs) Nanner, nanner, nanner. Oh, boy. Okay, so this is a long show. And if you were if you're driving to Arkansas, <laughs> you'd be there by now. You'll have to play exactly. it four yeah. times. <laughs> hopefully, if you're going somewhere on a long trip with your friends, this hopefully this kept you entertained. But I think we should stop now. What do y'all think? I no, think that's I, enough. I disagree because I want to give a teaser. Oh, and mostly we so we don't forget for next time. Okay. But I have another um, basement story. Where oh, I ventured oh. into a stranger's basement. Dun, dun, dun. Is so that's for next show, or are you gonna do it right now? No, I'll save it for next time. We are oh, okay. running long, so <laughs> the, ba- the RC Roundtable basement stories yes. is that our segment now? Yes. <laughs> Special segment, Terry's the basement, basement segment. Yeah. It'll be a recurring bit. And he lived to survive. Right. He survived uh, <laughs> to tell a tale. Okay, yeah. well, so don't let me forget f- that one next time. Okay, <laughs> we love your basement stories. Yeah. And if any of you out there have basement stories, share them with us. <laughs> we can't be the only ones who are lured into basements. All right. Send us home, Fitz. All right, then. Well, uh, we told you it was going to be a long one, so uh, thanks for hanging in with us. Uh, we've had, <laughs> we had an ex- a nice, exciting couple of weeks, so uh, we're just happy to share it with you guys. And uh, so um, on that note... We are going to get out of here, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more.